Leslie Kwan, thank you so much for doing this, bro. I appreciate no, you. Bro, thank you for having me. I was like, this is, I've been saying, man, I, I, I saw you and Wayne that first time and just the, the topics that you guys were talking about and just mm-hmm. how vulnerable you guys were being with each other. I was like, bro, yeah, like, this is amazing. Dude, Wayne's the man. Like, I, I think that was, uh, that was definitely the first episode where I felt like I was able to kind of get there because he was so willing to go there. Yeah. Like, he was so willing to be so vulnerable with yeah. what he was going through at the time. And mm-hmm. I think, like, that's actually how we connect to people. Yeah. <laughs> like, as, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Because, like, you know, it's, it's so easy for us to put our best foot forward and be like, this yeah. is what people want me to be or this is what's attractive to people. Yeah. And you put that out there. Mm-hmm. But you can't actually build real connection that way. The real connection is like, hey, bro, I'm going through something hard right now. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And then someone can meet you there. Yeah. Like, that's that's actually connection. Finding that relatability with someone to know. And, it, man, it's like, it's knowing that, <clears throat> I think we were talking a little bit earlier before we were recording, just being able to let your insecurities kind of... Um, come out in a safe environment right so that you're able to comfortably express certain things like certain sentiments to other people that is where that is like what you said where you're able to really build connection and relationship Mm -hmm. because now it's now i'm understanding where like what your what your story is what you're going through and maybe i also find relatability in that because oh maybe i just went through that 100 or maybe maybe i'm like going through that now as well and then it's through those through those um events and those those conversations and just being yeah just emotionally vulnerable and just yeah. emotionally naked basically yeah right <laughs> and being able to to say that to not like i mean sometimes a stranger or if it's like a friend mm-hmm. but that's also how you build that trust with friends and know like i can safely tell you these things and for sure i'm not gonna get laughed at i'm not gonna get berated 100%. Right? But I'm going to be supported and, and given some sort of value, right? Because then yeah. at the same time, too, if I'm wrong, bro, tell me I'm wrong. 100%. <laughs> right? 100%. Right? I take my, strip my ego out of it and just like, if you don't, if you think I'm fucking up, yeah. bro, tell me. Please tell me. 100. Right? Like, friends should be able to have hard conversations with friends. Absolutely. Like, like, I think just because when you're young, at least this was my story. Like, when I was a kid, I just wanted to be accepted by anyone. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to be a part of a group <laughs> and I wanted to be accepted and, and whether it was for me or for a mask that I put out there, it didn't really matter. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, but as you get older, you kind of like, it's just, it's just not actually a thing that sustains real friendship. Like what's yeah. the point of being around a bunch of people who are all like taking shots or like having drinks or whatever. And you're there lonely feeling a certain way, mm-hmm. but you have mm-hmm. to pretend to be something else mm-hmm. or feel something else mm-hmm. to be accepted by these people. Like yeah. the most lonely I've ever felt yeah. is actually being surrounded by people, man. Oh, bro, tell me about <laughs> it. Oh, tell me about it. It's like, and it's being surrounded by people that don't really understand you. Yeah. And I feel like, like getting into you know, my story of being in growing up in Calgary. Yeah. So I was born in Toronto. <clears throat> um, lived there till I was about eight, and then my family moved out to Calgary. Grew up right. here, and I've been in Vancouver the last five years. So growing up in Calgary, um, I feel like I had my community in the sense that because I did wushu, mm-hmm. and like I was happily there every weekend. So then my upbringing with like you know going to high school and stuff like that, I I really didn't I didn't really have close friends in school because mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I fit in with them. Right, and it's like you. Tr- 
like you said you try you try really hard but it, at some point it's like man i just don't and i think i realized this later because in that moment you never you never know but yeah. you're trying so hard to be accepted you're trying so hard to try and fit in yeah and then you maybe do things that you didn't you shouldn't have done and you didn't actually want to do yeah and then when you reflect back on those things there's okay cool like that's that's not who I want to be and it's like even into now I'm 32 and I'm still learning those lessons 100% and it's like there's no it doesn't feel like there's ever a a a moment where it's like got Mm -hmm. it because there isn't no you're just going to keep meeting people you're going to keep having experiences and then even I think like so then growing up, my group of, I love my group of friends. Yeah. Right. Because there's a couple of them in particular that I'm very, very close to. Right. Right. Because of uh, our ability to communicate this way. Right. And express and be honest. And then like for them to offer me perspective. Right. right? Not in a, not in a negative way and saying like, yo, you dumb, da, 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 whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but constructive things for me to actually think about and consider. And then they allow me to take that. Mm-hmm. and process it however I need and if it works for me it works for me mm-hmm. and man I respect that so much because it's not like someone trying to like shove it down your throat 100% but it's just like like well this is kind of what I think maybe you should think about it from this way, this angle yeah right and hopefully because the one thing that I've also been on the other side of is having that ego of like no 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 it's not like that yeah you know what I mean and then wanting to be so like adamantly this is my idea like I wanted to do it this way and mm-hmm. then you t- have time to process that you give it some thought and it's just like fuck maybe they're right <laughs> yeah and I, I love that because you know that's something I'm curious about is like how because it's it's a very human thing right to to be defensive yeah to be like oh you think this like let me defend my perspective and like yeah and stop your your perspective from like entering mm-hmm. my mm-hmm. mind or yeah. like my thought process right yeah so how did you get to that? Were you always like that? Were you always open to perspectives or like, what was your journey mm-hmm. to like getting there? And sometimes it's not a conscious thing, but it's, it's interesting that you say that. I feel like I've always been very open to people, um, like offering me perspective right. and talking about their sides. And I, I, I try my best to empathize. Yeah. I think I've always done that as a kid. I think I got to a point where I was a little bit prideful Mm -hmm. in how open I was and how, how a mature quote unquote mature. Right. Um, I was that I felt like I could offer people advice thinking that like, this is the gold standard kind of thing. And, and through that, I also, and I would say that that was mostly with like my Wushu students. Right. Um, eventually when I looked back at it, cause I, and I've talked to them since then about like how, kind of how we raised them or like how we may have how I like I took responsibility for myself and how I may have not really prepared them yeah for their lives wow and being um independent mm. or able to really take control yeah of um of their own lives and the decisions that they make mm-hmm. because I felt like I got to a point where I was very comfortable in my position as one of like the leaders of that school. Right. So then <clears throat> I really wanted to make things easy for them. Yeah. Right. So then it's like, Oh, I'm doing all these things for them in, mm-hmm. in terms of like, you know, what are they training? How like choreographing their routines and stuff like that. Just like being that coach for them yeah. and being that, that, um, person for them. Mm-hmm. 
but realizing that that was a detriment because yeah. I didn't allow them to take on leadership yeah the way that I was it was put onto me and so I felt like I had done a poor job mm. of preparing them for right. what's to come and so through things like that and just kind of um seeing moments where i would offer an advice and it goes south yeah and i'm like fuck like, <laughs> <laughs> like shit, what am i thinking to the point where now it's like i i think there's an understanding for for me that with taking in information too um I still have those moments of battling that ego. Right. I still have those moments of like, oh, but I really want, really want to like do it this way. But then it's, it's trying to really just take a step back and like, let me, okay, let me see if I can take this idea and, or this new, newer idea, newer concept from somebody else. And how do I integrate that into right. what works for me? Yes. And I think that that is, the more important thing because it's, you don't necessarily because you don't want to say no to your idea and just take somebody else's yeah you still need to be like true to yourself hell yeah you still have to take in value of what you have to offer in your ideas and I think what you're also going to realize as a creative is that so many people are going to try and um, uh, what's the word that I want to use like um, influence or put their imprint on your yeah your yeah 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 you have to be able to stand up for yourself and yeah. say, and, and f try to find a balance. Is it going to happen all the time? No, because yeah. when you get into working with producers, people that have, are paying you, right? obviously. They yeah, have. that's a whole different thing. It's a whole different thing. But if you're in moments where you're like in a creative space, yeah, everybody's on the same level. Everybody's contributing the same, the same way, the same amount. Mm -hmm. Then now it's in for discussion, right? Because yeah. it's like, well, like I see, like this is what I want to see. How are we able to integrate these things all together? to make a, a more complete product. 100%. Right. Um, I'm rambling. But anyways, <laughs> no, no, no. Um, so in terms of my own journey, I, I think a lot of it has been correcting myself or l luckily having people that are able to express that to yeah. me so that I can be like, okay, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. I fucked up. Let me see where I can make those corrections. Yeah. I also, I also tend to think that like your body reacts to your emotions mm -hmm. or when something comes into your ear and it makes you feel a certain type of way, yeah. you have to listen to those moments. You absolutely have to 100%. listen to those moments. And with that, you need to start recognizing that, is this my ego? Or is this like, I really don't like that idea. Yeah. Right. It's like such a hard thing for people to be able to discern. Like, is this my ego? Is this my anxiety? Is mm -hmm. this my inner voice? Like, mm -hmm. what is that thing? Because there's always voices going on and battling for stuff. Yeah. You said a lot of interesting stuff there, man. Like, the first thing is like, I, I can relate a lot to you when you say like, you know, you just want to give people advice. Mm. And it comes from a place of love. It comes from a place of like caring and, and yeah. like mentorship or, yeah. or whatever that feeling is. Right. Yeah. And you know, my mind first goes to like, this is how I kind of helped me relate to my parents too. Cause like whatever they were doing that was annoying me or trying to like, mm. like helicopter parent me or whatever, yeah, that's yeah, just yeah. their way of showing love. Yeah. Like they're just trying to love me. Like yeah. that's their way of doing it. I don't know. But like, I've definitely come up with that resistance with like my homies where I'm like, 
bro, like, why are you doing this over and over again and mm-hmm. coming back and telling me like how hurt you are or mm-hmm. how disappointed mm-hmm. you are or yeah. like how unsatisfied you are. Like you're doing this over and over and over again. And I would like try to, you know, just give them all this advice and, and then they would never take it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is totally fine. Everyone's there has their own path. Mm-hmm. And I think almost the best way that I've like come across now in my life to be able to actually kind of influence people in a positive way without shoving it down their throat like you were saying Mm -hmm. is like just embodying it yeah just like being what i say that you should be or what i think that you should be in the world yeah and then when people see the results of that they're like yo nick you seem happy bro Mm -hmm. (laughs) how did you do it exactly (laughs) like like it seems like you're doing good man like you're 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 changing or you're doing this new stuff like what made you like want to do that or what made you brave enough to do that like so i think all we can like the best way we can help others is to ultimately help ourselves and like yeah and live the lives that we want to live and then especially like young kids young mm-hmm. kids just copy mm-hmm. so if you're living a life you're like mm-hmm. oh i want to be like leslie man like he's awesome like yeah. you see him do that you see him do this and then yeah. they'll come and ask you and it's coming yeah, from a yeah, place yeah. of like hunger and like they want yeah, that from you yeah, yeah, rather yeah. than from a place of like i didn't even fucking ask you bro <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know it's funny you say that because it's like um through through a lot of these situations where like you it's like man just want to offer people advice and like just want to help yeah because yeah also before it's like man i'm so frustrated like why you know what you're doing wrong and i'm telling you and it's like why are you not you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. and sometimes people just want to be heard because i have also been on that side yeah and it's like i don't need advice from you i know what i'm fucking up on yeah I'm just like, I just want to vent and I want you to hear me Yeah. and I want you to be there and be my friend mm-hmm. and that's it. And, and once I started realizing that, then it's just like, okay, yeah. now it's, it's, can I offer you a piece of advice right? or can I, can I, you know, offer this perspective Yeah. and you take and do whatever you want with it. Mm-hmm. Right. I have, I have learned. And again, through my students that I can't dictate their lives. Yes. As much as I see potential in them, as much as I see like just fucking, you know, the heavens for them kind of thing. Mm-hmm. If they don't see it for themselves or if they don't, if they can't get over that hurdle yeah. themselves, it's not going to, it's not going to, yeah, it's not going to, you can't, you can't do anything for anyone, no. nor should you take on the responsibility of that No, because it's going to, it's going to tear you down. 100%. It's just going to take so much energy out from you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, I can relate to that because yeah, there's, there's a part of you that just wants to relieve <clears throat> them of that struggle. But like, that's actually the thing that's going to make them stronger. Mm-hmm. You have to struggle. I'm sure adversity, like, yeah. just he- exactly hearing your story, mm-hmm. I'm sure there's tons of adversity that turns you into the man that you are today. Right. Yeah. And like, you know, especially like as a mentor or a teacher, it comes from a place of love, but ultimately yeah. to do that is almost to rob them of, of the opportunity yes. to like yeah. rise above their own struggles and build their own confidence in themselves yeah. and what they're actually capable of. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like if you're training them for a competition or something, or like, say you're a weightlifter, like mm-hmm. I I'm, like if I bench that weight for you, mm-hmm. when you go to compete, mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to lift that bro. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously I'm there. I don't even want to touch the bar. Yeah, like it's yeah, only yeah. like when you cannot lift it is when I help you up. Like yep. other than that though, like I'm letting you do all the lifting and Absolutely. that's like the best thing we can do to like help people grow is just let people go through their shit. Like yeah. you can give someone a bunch of advice and there's like, mm-hmm. Oh, like, but sometimes they have to feel the pain. 
they have to go through their toxic cycle yeah. until they're just eventually like, oh, like I'm here now. I'm in this really bad place. It's like, great. Like, this is a great place for you to work yeah. on your shit. This is where you climb back up. <laughs> exactly. This is, this is your hero arc. This yeah, is yeah, become, yeah. This is where you become the greatest hero. <laughs> yeah, man. Exactly. Can you tell me, because obviously talking about like your parents, what is your, what is the relationship with your parents like right now? My, my relationship with parents is amazing, dude. Yeah. But we've done a lot of work on it. Okay. We've done a lot of work on it. Um, yeah, as a kid, me and my father had a really tumultuous relationship. Okay. I resisted my father's advice at every point. Mm-hmm. Um, but we really worked on it. <laughs> we really worked on it, man. Yeah. yeah. How, what, what does, and what does working on it for you, what, what was that journey for you guys? Yeah, so, man... I guess I got to go back super far. (laughs) (laughs) I'm here for it, bro. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. So like working on it, a lot of it is just working on it yourself and then being able to show up differently around your parents and and kind of share that energy with them. Like, you know, before the podcast, you asked me like, you know, I really appreciate you like even seeing me this way and being like, Mm -hmm. oh, my EQ is so high or whatever. Mm -hmm. I I, I still recognize I have a lot of work to do. Yeah. Um, But do we all? Of course, <laughs> but like that journey for me was like, you know, speaking of resistance, I had all the resistance in the world. Mm. Like, like I said, like my parents, I love them so much and our relationship now is so strong. But at that time, as a young kid, I was a hypersensitive kid. Mm. Like I was the kid who like, if I felt any hard emotions, like I would just cry and, and like really? be like really, really sensitive. Like, and, um, obviously my parents kind of way of dealing with that was kind of to, to, to be like, oh no, we shouldn't be that. And, and ultimately it just brought me a lot of shame around my emotions. Mm. Like, so I was like, oh, I'm sad, I'm ashamed. And so I would go into like a dark room by myself every time I would be sad mm. or every time I needed to cry or every time that I needed to feel an emotion, I would hide. Mm. Um, and that was like, and you know, that was also encouraged. It was like, okay, if you need to cry, go into that room and cry. Oh, if you need to feel that way, okay, then you go into that room. And then once I was happy, I was allowed to join the family again. Uh. Once I was like, okay, once I like had settled my emotions, then I, then I allowed myself and I was allowed to, to come back into the family. Mm-hmm. And so that was like a common thing for me for a while. Like I, I, I learned to create a mask that people liked. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, like I can be confident and I can be happy. I can be joyful. I can be funny. And people like this about me. And mm-hmm. so let me create this mask of who I am. Um, but then it came to a point where it's like, I just decided like, like, and, and that created a lot of resentment towards my parents, eventually. I was like, you guys never let me be a human. All you care about is, like, my, my report card, and you guys don't even fucking care about me. You don't even ask me how I am. You just ask me why my math is at a B. Yeah, well, maybe yeah, my math's yeah, at a yeah. B because I'm going through shit emotionally in my life, yeah, and shit's yeah. hard for me. And, and that was the battle between me and my dad for a long time. Mm. But then I just made a decision that I was going to take complete responsibility, and I was like, I'm going to be the adult that I needed when I was a kid. And so what, what adult did I need when I was a kid? I needed the adult to say, oh, hey, Nick, it's okay to feel this. Mm. Let's, let's actually just be comfortable mm-hmm. in this uncomfortable space of these mm-hmm. hard emotions and sit there with them. And it's okay to do that. Mm-hmm. Giving myself permission instead of waiting for someone else to give me permission. Yeah. And then in that, I could give that to other people. Mm-hmm. Like I could go and look at somebody else and be like, oh, this is a hard emotion. Like, let's sit with that. Mm-hmm oh, like, this is what you're going through. Okay, like, let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's like, that resistance is ultimately what helped me build that up. Because without mm-hmm. that resistance, I would have no reason yeah. to develop my emotional intelligence, yeah. right? It's like, 
And then so once I was able to do that, I started coming into my family more because I was like, oh, yeah, like you just tried to love me the best way you knew how. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be the man that I need to be for myself. Mm -hmm. You were a great father in all the ways you could be, especially Mm -hmm. with the immigrant story. Like how Mm -hmm. hard is that? With the tools that they had at the time. 100%. So that's that's like in the gist of it. <laughs> yeah, Matt, respect, brother. Respect. Thank you, man. Because it takes so much humility, yeah, and so much patience to say, "I'm gonna make the change. Yeah. I'm gonna be the one to to break this generational, you know, habit." Yeah. And I was I was gonna ask you too. I feel like, what do you feel in terms of? Because I, and again, this is never to you know. Um, make less of somebody's trauma and their experiences. Yeah. But at the same time, how how important do you feel it is for us as the first, second, third generation um, children growing up here, mm-hmm. now adults, for us to take on that responsibility to break um the generational trauma and that and those habits yeah. that existed back then and to communicate and express like this is what I this is the relationship that I want to have with you guys yeah instead of saying pointing the finger mm-hmm. and being like you owe me this right like from like like the generation before us that they owe us yeah yeah man like I'm, I'm so lucky to have a partner who also believes in breaking our generational traumas and stuff mm-hmm. um and I think it's important. It's as important as it is to you. Like for me, the healing of the generational trauma is less about like, how am I going to interact with my kids mm-hmm. and more about how do I interact with my own inner child and my own self? Cause like I said, your kids just emulate you mm-hmm. and their inner voice is ultimately your voice to them when they yeah. were growing up. Right. So it's like, for me, it's just like, it was, it's so important for me because I cannot stand to be in a state of inauthenticity. Mm. Like I cannot stand to be in a place where I'm not honoring myself. Like Mm -hmm. it's actually so hard for me Mm -hmm. to betray myself, bro. Like it destroys my soul. So for me, just that journey is is really for me. And so I'm taking the torch, Mm -hmm. however far I can take it. Mm -hmm. And then when it's time for me to end the relay race, then I pass it to the next generation. I'll be like, you take this as far as you can take it. Absolutely. Because I... I'm going to, like, ultimately, I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing. (laughs) And, like, trying to pretend like I have any wisdom. Like, there's obviously things that I want to, like, pass down to the next generation. But, like, to to act like I know Mm -hmm. what the right thing is or, like, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm overcorrecting all the way to, like, now I'm, like, my kids will be too soft and not be able to deal with any adversity. Because they're like, Mm -hmm. no, my feelings matter. (laughs) Or, like, I have no idea. Like, yes. yes. Uh, Do you have have an opinion on that or thought on that at all? I definitely feel like with with, um, where our community and our society is kind of pushing towards, I think it is so important to always continue to address... Um, what you're feeling inside. Yes. How you end up delivering that back out to the world and back out to the people that are around you. Um, that is also another lesson that you're going to have to learn. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause I think that, I think that as much, I think the dangers of doing that sometimes is it's going to make it seem like you're better than other people Mm -hmm. there's a danger of that 
where um, or in maybe just a delivery. Right. Because I think words do matter. Mm-hmm. As confident as I am with myself, as as uh, um, self aware, and really even then, it's like I'm still very very insecure about a lot of things. Yeah. And I'm still working through that, and I'm still trying to really figure out who I want to be, what I want to represent, what values do I bring, right? And especially getting into film, being an actor, mm-hmm. I don't I don't want to be like everybody else, right? I want to make sure that anything that I say and anything that I do is a representation of who I am. And like right. those choices that, are, I, that I made are my choices and not influenced because the community is doing it, the right. industry is doing it. Mm-hmm. that kind of thing right so I think that um, with coming into you know like maybe like raising kids and stuff like that too teaching them that it's okay to um, express when they're frustrated yeah but also hopefully being able to teach them that this is what's going to make you stronger yeah right mm-hmm. not the obviously not like berating them or like punishing them stuff like that yeah no but under like having them understand that you will come out of this a better person you will come out of this a stronger person and I also think teaching them early to make decisions for themselves yes setting boundaries and and making sure that like building I feel like building confidence in yourself is always just making sure you say yes to you yes Right, because the minute if somebody disagrees with you, and then you say no to your idea, mm-hmm. you've lost. Right, I think that you've you've lost in the sense that you you said no to yourself because that person didn't say no to you. You said no to yourself. Right, you agreed with them. Exactly, yeah. you took away your opportunity to to fight for you. Mm-hmm. Right, and it could be something small. It could be something big. Right, but when it gets to those points where like maybe you you have to make a big decision. And you shy away from it. Yeah. And you let somebody else do it for you. You will also lose confidence. For sure. Right. And other people will also lose confidence in you. Mm-hmm. So I think if we can teach kids early to um, communicate and express their opinions. Yeah. And be able to communicate why. And in that, listen to somebody else and, and, and what their why is. Right they can come to their own conclusions. They mm-hmm. can they can make their own decisions, right? Yeah. Just knowing that you'll make a decision, that decision was going to come with this outcome, and whether or not it's positive or negative, yeah, doesn't matter. You just have to deal with it. What exactly. Comes after. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing that, like, you know, I don't know if this is Asian culture or just, like, the way that I grew up, but it was, mm-hmm. like, being wrong or failing. Oh, was the worst was thing. Was the worst thing ever. <laughs> worst thing in the world. <laughs> like, like... And what you're saying is the exact opposite of that. It's yeah. like, make decisions and be okay with the outcome. Yeah. Whereas like, growing up, it was always like, well, if you do this, you're going to fail, so you better do this. And yeah. if you do this, and that might be bad, so you better do this. This is probably the most secure and stable way that you can do this, so you mm-hmm. better go in this direction. Mm-hmm. Like, there's such a stigma to failing. Yeah. Like, there's that... Uh, you know, Asian stereotype where it's like, you've brought dishonor to our family. But that's how it fucking felt, dude. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it felt like that. Yeah. Like, if I fuck up, man, like, it's not just on me. My whole family will be ashamed of, of yeah. me. And everybody in this community will be ashamed mm-hmm. of my family. Mm-hmm. Like, so I think that's huge. That's a huge step towards healing. Yeah. Like, the generational trauma that we're talking about. It's, man, it's, I, I and I feel like, I hope if anybody were to take anything from this 
this chat and this podcast um, is really just to listen to yourself and like and be okay with 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 losing. Yeah, you know, I am sometimes a sore loser, but it, <laughs> <laughs> but I will also say that that that's just adversity, yeah. right? Because it's you know, and you relate it back to to sports, right? To athletes, how the the best in the world how often do they lose mm-hmm. before they actually won? Exactly. You know what I mean? How, how many, as an actor, how many rejections am I going to face yeah. until I get casted for one thing, maybe even just a small role? Exactly. Right? And it's, so much of it is, I, I, man, I just want people to not have to give off this perfect image. Don't be yeah. perfect around me. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Just... And if it's like, if I ask you about something, because I've also been on the opposite side of this where somebody asked me and I'm not incredibly secure about the answer that I'm about to give. <laughs> yeah. So then I have to like puff it up a little bit. Right, right. You know what right. I mean? But it's, it's such a waste of energy. Yeah. Right. And it gives off such a, like, what word do I want to use? Like the impression that, that you get off from people. Because I notice it now too. Yeah. Right. When people aren't, quite sure how you're going to react right and they think that you're going to judge them yes they start they start trying to make it pretty yeah they like justify certain things they like do all these different like dances around this thing to be like oh yeah but you know i'm in the relationship because he's actually really good for me (laughs) (laughs) even though you just said all this terrible stuff that's going on like yeah yeah, you know and and you're just lying to yourself you are which brings me back because like you said you said like if anyone takes anything from this podcast it's that it's, it's to listen to yourself yeah and then you know but like we said earlier it's how do you know what is your true voice? Because mm-hmm. we have voices of anxiety. Mm-hmm. We have voices of fear. We have like the voices of yeah. our parents yeah. that are like in our heads. And yeah. then we have this inner voice, this inner calling or our higher selves. Mm. Like for yourself in your journey, like how have you deciphered that or wrestled with that? Like what's your process? I think I have never... Maybe I shouldn't say never. I have always done what I've wanted to do. Mm. Whether that be going to Wushu every Friday, Saturday, and not going to the high school parties and stuff right. like that. Not that I was invited. <laughs> <laughs> but the point is, I willingly chose to do that instead anyways. Yeah. I didn't need to go have that experience because I was happy doing this other thing. Yeah. And that gave me confidence. That gave me pride because everywhere I went, I knew that I had this thing. Yes. Right. And I worked so hard to be this in that. Mm -hmm. Right. So even when it came to, um, I had left Wushu at some point. Right. Yeah. So I trained from when I was 10 till I think I was with the school for 10, 11 ish years. Yeah. And, and, uh, and then my dad passed away. Oh, um, my dad passed away and that kind of set me on this different kind of mindset or like, and just not knowing like where I want. And I also had like a big injury that year. I Mm -hmm. tore my ACL. And to me, I was just like, I don't know what to do now. Like, I don't know if I'm going to bounce back from this kind of thing, whatever. And I left, but it's funny. I left and I went to go play basketball. Oh yeah, with a bum ACL. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had I had left because, but also because 
I had given up basketball in my senior year of high school right. to do wushu. Yeah. Um, I was always like decent at it. Yeah. Right. But I never really gave myself a chance to explore what that was. Right. And so when I got hurt and I didn't make the, I didn't make the national team in 2011, that was the year that I was supposed to make like the A team. I made the B team in 2009. Mm-hmm. 2011, if I, if I did everything that I needed to do right, that would have been the year, the first year I, I could have made it. Right. Um, and I got hurt. Mm-hmm. After having that experience, man, I just spiraled a little bit. Yeah. And so um, it took me on to a different journey. And I was like, you know what, maybe I'll, maybe because I thought my wushu career was done at that point. Right. And I was just like, okay, well, maybe I try something else. Mm-hmm. And I had missed basketball so much. So I had spent maybe like a year uh, with a coach, um, Kelvin De La Pena. He played pro in the PBA. Oh, wow. And I trained with him and uh, um, a couple of my friends. And... I loved it. It was so different, like being away from the wushu space and experiencing something completely new Mm -hmm. that when I came back, I was very different. Right. They were also very different. Mm -hmm. And because so back then, um, as a coach, I was a bit of a hard ass. Um, I was kind of a dick. (laughs) Not kind of, I was a dick. (laughs) Um, And it, it, it was interesting because like, so when we talk about, you know, Asian upbringings and just kind of the culture and maybe relationships that we were building at the time, yeah, it was very much so that kind of macho energy mm. of like things need to be done a certain way, that right. whatever. So I kind of lived and breathed that for a little bit. After I left and I came back, I saw how happy the students were. And I'm just yeah. like... Oh shit! Things could be different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it was, but it was because I saw how they were interacting with some of the other coaches now, right. and I was just like, oh, okay. Yeah. And it made me want to be better for them, because mm-hmm. again, it's at the at the end of the day, it's like I have moved into a different point in my wushu career. I did end up coming back to compete, made the team, did all that. Yeah. But what really changed was because I wanted to just connect with them. Yeah. I really wanted to build a good relationship with them, mm-hmm. and so I had to change. And, um, I think that when, when it comes to back to the topic or back to your question of like, well, like, how do you fight these other voices in your head? Yeah. I just knew that that's what I wanted. Right. I wanted, I think, I think at the end of the day, yes, there are going to be a lot of voices in your head telling you, maybe you shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. But aren't those, those same voices that people in real life yeah say to you it's true dude right and so i think i think we all know what we shouldn't do yeah what should i do what do yeah. i want to do i think that's the voice that you you have to just kind of zero in on yeah in order to really start start doing things for yourself mm-hmm. and being the most conf- uh, uh, confident comfortable version of yourself is i want to try this thing i'm gonna go do it yeah. I want to try this thing. I'm going to go do it. Yeah. Right. And it doesn't need, even need to be like this grandeur, um, ambitious thing. Yeah. It's as simple as I want to learn how to play guitar. Right. I want to start podcasting. Exactly. Yeah. I want to do videography. I want to start Muay Thai. I want to, yeah. whatever, whatever that is for you. I want to do arts and crafts. Mm-hmm. Why not? 
Yeah. Right? Instead of saying, oh, like giving yourself excuses not to explore those things. Yeah. Just give yourself the, the, the um, grace yes. to go do that. Yeah, that's huge, man. That's huge. And yeah, just relinquishing that fear of failure if you go yeah. and pursue those things, I think is big. Yeah. But I think that's that's so true, man. Like those voices in your head are are actually voices of other people that mm-hmm. you've subconsciously agreed with mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. a certain extent where mm-hmm. you're like, "Oh yeah, that person did say that this was a stupid idea." Like maybe yeah. it is a stupid idea. And then you start rolling those things around in your yeah. head. Like, yeah. but who the fuck are they? Why, why does it matter? You exactly. Know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like when you really recognize that nobody has anything figured out at all and everyone's mm-hmm. just kind of like projecting their own fears onto each other. Oh, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bro. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, and, and at the end of the day, it's all love probably. It's yeah. all like, they're all worried about you. Like, oh, well, what if this happens? Like, mm-hmm. let's just do the safest and most stable thing. It mm-hmm. comes from this place. I like to think at least mm-hmm. it comes from a place of love mm-hmm. and like like kindness yeah or compassion yeah but yeah i think i think you hit the nail on the head man and and ultimately for myself when i look at like the voices that are competing for your decisions in life mm-hmm. it's like usually the right thing to do is a mixture of the most quiet voice because mm-hmm. like when somebody's right they just say it and they don't have to justify anything mm-hmm. but when it's when it's like like you said, when somebody know like is afraid of what you're gonna think or like isn't really confident what they're gonna say, so they much, have all of these reasons so why things. they think about yeah. it, and it, that's why you're like ruminating and yeah. like overthinking things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's usually the most quiet voice that's just like, "Hey, you should do this. This mm-hmm. is what you want to do." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In combination with the hardest thing to do, mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's yeah, it's it's funny like when you say that too because if you've ever noticed that like, you're in a room, uh, uh, in a room full of people. And you are having a discussion and people are just going back and forth, going back and forth. And you just like watch, watch some of the people mm-hmm. that are like their body language will kind of tell you everything. Yeah. So there's certain people that will kind of shy away and they're just like, they don't want to get involved. Mm-hmm. But then like there are people, there are other people that are very engaged, but are just quiet mm. because they're just listening to everything. Right. And they're just waiting for everyone to stop talking and to be like, you guys are saying the same shit. Yeah. <laughs> Or just to be able to offer a solution because they're just willing to listen to both sides, mm-hmm. right? And I think that there's so much power in being silent. Mm. There's so much power in being silent. Yes. Um, when you don't have a point to prove. Because you really don't. No. You don't owe anybody anything. You don't have, you don't have the responsibility of other people in your life. You have responsibility to you. Right. So then when somebody does come to you and they're spouting all this nonsense, talking like just mad bullshit, trying to get trying to affect you some way, you just gotta stay quiet. Yeah. You have you have you have no reason to mm-hmm. extend anything back to this person. Yeah. Right? And it's so funny when they lose power because you're just like, Okay. Yeah. You offer them nothing back. The power is in agreeing with them. Oh my God. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? If yeah. you don't agree with them, that has no power over yeah. you at all. Yeah. And like, yeah, I love that insight, man. Like you don't have to prove your dreams to anyone. You just have to no. execute on them, man. Yeah. Just execute. Yeah. Like <laughs> I was talking to, um, <clears throat> talking to my buddy. So I have an actor friend from London. His name's Yin. Okay. Yin Wang. Shout out to Yin. <laughs> <laughs> he has been such a good friend to me and 
we often talk about like, like we both love J. Cole. We both mm. love like Kobe Bryant. And one of the one of the best quotes that I've heard, I think Kobe said this too, actually, and we've talked about this all the time, is like, you have to have a certain level of delusion. Yeah. Right? Because it's only delusion until it's reality. Right. And take this with a grain of salt because somebody some people will take that delusion so far mm-hmm. but not work. Yes. And that's that's the problem. There's a lot of people here that and maybe they don't know how to work. Maybe they don't know where to start in that sense, right? Yeah. But when you have big aspirations, big ambitions, um, you really, you really do have to believe in yourself and believe that it's going to happen and believe that you are that. Yes, right? I don't think it's fake it till you make it. It's more so you are that because you are also putting in the work. Yeah, you know that you're putting in the work. You're insecure because you're not putting in the work. 100%. You can't talk about it because you're not putting in the work. Right? 100%, bro. If you're going to talk about it, be about it. Yeah. Right? And I think that for a lot of people, there's the the insecurity of the fear of like being laughed at. Yeah. Right? Because it doesn't work out. It's like, well, what, like, why do you care? Yeah. Are you putting in the work or not? Mm-hmm. If you're not, then the results will show. Yeah. Right. But if you are, you should have all the confidence in the world to be like, I can talk about this, 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 and this. If you ask me a question about my industry, I, this, 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 and this. 100%. You know? Yeah. And that's, that's the difference. Like your confidence comes from what you're actually doing comes from within yourself because mm-hmm. you're actually putting in the work versus mm-hmm. your confidence comes from what other people think of you. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause that's, that's something that we do a lot. And this is a recent realization that I had is like, we wait for the external recognition mm-hmm. from other people or mm-hmm. our industry or our followers on Instagram or mm-hmm. our YouTube subscribers or whatever to be confident in ourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you have to believe in you before anyone believes in you. You have mm-hmm. to actually know that you're that already mm-hmm. inside and you're doing the work and the proper like things to actually be that person. Yeah. Even even though the world hasn't recognized that yet, mm-hmm. the world hasn't seen that yet, or hasn't agreed or caught on to it yet, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? They will, they will, they will, and and it doesn't even matter, man. Like I think maybe it's not going to be like millions of people, but everybody has their people. Yeah, everybody has their audience. Everybody has their tribe or community, mm-hmm. and the only way you can find that is by being you. Mm-hmm. Instead of being like, hey, that's community. That community is cool. Let me try to be a part of that. So mm-hmm. what do I have to be to be a part of that? Mm-hmm. Like that's the opposite. You're just like. Let me be me, yeah. and I will attract the people that you meet. Go- yeah, exactly. And that's what this podcast has done, man. Yeah. Like I've like I've been able to meet you today because <laughs> you're, you're, you're seeing me be myself on yeah. a camera, and you're like, yeah. "Hey, I fuck with this." I, f- bro, I fuck with it heavy, bro. <laughs> thank you, like, man. like, and again, thank you for having me because yeah. it's like, it's how do I say it? It's rare. It is very rare that you find people that just have a very very similar not same i don't want to say same because yeah. it's never the same right but a very similar way of thinking and a mm-hmm. way of approaching things right right even in i always find it so funny that like in an industry like film you also you still have people that are not very ambitious hmm. that are very like copacetic and like very com- comfortable right just doing what they're doing mm-hmm. and like that that boggles my mind sometimes because i'm just like 
we're making movies. Like, do you, <laughs> do you not get that we're making movies or like yeah. a TV show? And it's yeah. like, this is really fucking cool. Yeah. Um, I get that, you know, it's different though because it's, it is an industry where you do have to make money. So there's a lot right. more things that go into that. But um, yeah, man, I just, I, I, it's, it's crazy when, when you can vibe with somebody because you, that you haven't even met yet. Yeah, it's crazy. And you just kind of know that energy wise, it's like, there's a demeanor about people that mm. really just believe it yeah and are and are living that or yeah. trying to live that and, yeah. and really trying to um you know be about it yeah right 100 percent, man and I, like I, I would extend the exact same feeling towards you of like you, you're really you're really about it man like you're coming on here and we're, we're talking about all these things and like you know you're praising me for like my eq or whatever but i'm wondering about you like what was your what was your journey like like towards towards this or was it just something that was always came easily to you like you said you always did what no, you wanted but I this this was it like you know leaving Wushu and coming back and seeing how happy my students were and like just the interactions that I could have with them and also I would even go as far like my last year and a half of uh, film work was fantastic mm. um, mix of stunts and acting um, but and I'm gonna shout out. You know, two two other of my friends, Kendo, Megan Hui. I am so thankful that I was able to work with them. Yeah. Back to back on shows. Mm-hmm. Um, Is that Kung Fu? Uh, Kung Fu was one of them. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then uh, um, the live action Avatar. Yeah, sweet dude. Yeah, so I did That's work so on awesome. that as, uh, That's as, crazy. as stunts, and um, it was so fun. I learned so much. Yeah. And. Um, but the one thing that I'm so thankful for is those two people mm. because they showed me that you could be yourself, mm. that you, that it's safe for you to speak your mind and say your opinions yeah. um, and still be successful in this industry. Mm-hmm. Cause there is that fear that if you don't, if you don't maybe go with what other people are saying that, or what the majority is saying at yeah. times that you're going to get left behind. Mm-hmm. But what I found with them that I really um, admire and respect is that they're just so true to themselves. Yeah. If they have an opinion, they're, they're going to say it. And it also just speaks to what their preparation is mm-hmm. and how much they actually know and their knowledge base, right? right? And how much, and that's where I feel like the putting in the work, putting in the time into whatever your craft is, whatever your particular craft is yeah you will have so much to say about it mm-hmm. right you will have and and it's going to be so um like how do i want to say it it's going to be said in such a way that is so refined mm-hmm. that it makes sense yeah right there's there's all the confidence in the world you don't have to justify for again like talking back there's no justification yeah right but i've had those moments where you know like i've been on the wrong side of supporting them right and it made me feel terrible Mm. right so Mm -hmm. then what am i going to do at this point right do i change or do i continue to to go down this path right and not speak up and not try to support Mm -hmm. people that i that i believe we're right yeah you know and that like all this character building of me making the wrong choice Mm -hmm. making the wrong decision 
with my friends and people that I really wanted to be close with because I really was close with them and it's like it was going well and then you know we're caught in this yeah situation where I didn't I didn't back them mm-hmm. nobody backed them unfortunately yeah. um and for me I was just like fuck like why did I do that right right and you can't give reason for like I'm, I'm very thankful that they have like since forgiven me and we're mm-hmm. like very close but there is life is about making choices that's it you make choices you live with the consequences yeah right if those consequences make you feel a certain type of way you need to address it 100% you have to absolutely address it because if you ignore it and you continue doing the same thing the same thing's gonna keep coming keep happening it's gonna build up to worse and worse situations for you absolutely so i love that and i admire your ability to tune into your own emotions in that point and have humility and be like i'm wrong i think that's the biggest thing like people are afraid to admit that they're wrong because again maybe you were growing up and and it was not safe for you to be wrong yeah if you were wrong there was like a punishment or something right but that's not the case when you're an adult anymore chronic people pleaser bro like it's for for a long time it was just like oh i just want to make sure everyone's happy but it's like yeah it doesn't work like that no because when you avoid conflict with other people then you have internal conflict with yourself totally and what is what is the harder thing to deal with for me it's harder for me to be at odds with myself than it is to be at odds with anyone 100 percent. you know 100 percent. yeah how how is that for you like in terms of like uh, your relationship with your partner yeah. as well like how long have you guys been together oh man we've been together for i think nearly two years now but i've known her since i was like 17 18 oh man crazy yeah we how were, old are you i'm 31 turning 32 this year okay we're the same age yeah we're, we're the same, same age, age. Right, no, 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 no. that's that's yeah. awesome man congrats though two years Thank you, yeah, man. yeah that's yeah, amazing yeah, yeah how has that relationship been for you guys in terms of so Within these last two years, you have, do you feel like you've been this kind of high EQ mm. understanding person within these last two years? And that's really helped shape uh, the relationship that you're in? I would say so, man. Yeah. Like, like the biggest thing I think that is difficult for relationships is like we think that relationships are supposed to be happy all the time. Yeah. If we're not happy all the time, then this is a bad relationship. Mm-hmm. But actually, I think the best the most healthy relationships survive because you are willing to have uncomfortable conversations mm-hmm. and go through uncomfortable feelings and emotions with one another yeah um so has there been challenges in our relationship 100 mm-hmm. percent is the is does does having a high eq or whatever make the relationship easier i don't know mm-hmm. about that because maybe it's easier to just avoid all your things and be like Oh, well, you know, yeah. we're just here to make each other happy and go like on trips and bliss. go yeah. eat dinner. Yeah. And then whenever we have a fight, then we'll just fight and then we'll get over it because we're, we're just like miss each other. Mm-hmm. But we get into the nitty gritty stuff. Mm-hmm. And like, I respect her enough to be able to tell her like hard things because mm-hmm. I'm like, I think you're strong and I think you're very capable and mm-hmm. I think that you can handle this. Mm-hmm. Like we, we can handle this. Mm. Our relationship is strong enough that we can have this conversation. Mm-hmm. And even if it's hard, even if there's tears, even if there's difficult emotions, 
we will get through it. And just like you said, every time you go through the challenges, you become stronger. Mm -hmm. And it's because we've had like the first year of our relationship, bro, was hard. Really? It was hard, dude. Because like, I don't know, I guess you come in with a lot of uh, expectations because like she was my best friend for a long time. Like we were, we were just friends for. That's our, really cute, though. Yeah, that's <laughs> Thanks, really man. Cute. Thanks. Uh, and then, yeah, the reason why I never got with her was just because, like, I've had such terrible experiences with relationships, man. Sorry to hear that. No, it's not. It's actually great. Yeah. It's like a good thing. Character but... development. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But I've had some really hard relationships in my life, and like, uh, they've always ended pretty bad. Mm. So, like, when I met when I met her, I was like, my my. My thought was, like, friendships last and relationships don't. Mm. So, like, if you're my friend, you're going to be here for a long time. And if I date you, it's going to end bad. So mm. let me, like, protect our relationship by being friends. Mm. And we had this this dynamic for a long time, and we both kind of felt that way. But Yeah. What but, was the what was the what was the game changer? <laughs> what was the deciding factor of like okay maybe we should give this a try? Yeah, because like the thing was I realized that that whole decision process was based on fear. It was a what if it doesn't work out? Right. What if our friendship is ruined forever? What if right. this? It wasn't based on like what if this is the best thing that could ever happen to you? You know? Yeah. And I actually had this conversation with my brother because I was just like, you know, and we actually had and another part of it was because we had a huge falling out as friends. I was like, I was like in this really toxic relationship mm -hmm. and she was there for me mm. a lot through it. And then, you know, we broke up and then, and then I was getting really close to her again. Mm -hmm. But then I ended up getting back with my toxic ex <sighs> <laughs> and that really frustrated her. Right. For a yeah. lot of reasons. I think even subconsciously, like she had feelings for me too. So yeah. she was like, what the fuck? You're choosing yeah. this person again. Yeah. Like, why did you go back? Cause I didn't love myself, bro. Mm. I didn't love myself. Like, mm. I, I think a lot of my life, um, I had to perform to be loved. Right. Like, you get love when you get straight A's. You get love when you win a trophy. Mm. You get love whenever. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, fill yeah. in the blank. Right. Yeah. And then I was with this girl who was like that, too. She was like, I love you when you mm. fill in the blank. Mm -mm -mm -mm. And so... Like, that's a trauma bond. Like, that was me trying to right the wrongs of the past. It's like, if I can make this person love me, if I can make this person accept me, yeah. then it's almost like I'm righting all the wrongs of the past where these people didn't love me because I wasn't good enough. Right. But if I can just be good enough, then this person will love me. Mm -hmm. I, I internalized everything. Like, everything was my fault. It was like, oh, she got upset because I wasn't this enough. Oh, she's, she walked out on me because I wasn't whatever enough. You know? Everything was my fault, which has taken me a long way, but it also has its dark side. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, in doing that, like, eventually, the craziest thing that got me to break up with her, bro, <laughs> was like, I, I did five grams of mushrooms <laughs> I did five okay. grams of mushrooms yeah. man and like I pretty much experienced ego death I like died I was oh. like I was like in like I like I had no ego I was part yeah. of everything yeah. like I was literally like I had the knowing that I'm a soul in a body uh -huh. and like I wasn't even oh. in my body anymore you know what I mean yeah and then so once I came back to my body I was just like wow, like life is so amazing. This chance that I have to live this life yeah, yeah, yeah. is such an incredible blessing. And like, 
do, what do I want to do with my life? Do I want to mm. keep having to prove my worth to this person right. over and over and over again? Yeah. Because at that point, you're in this toxic cycle. It's addictive. Mm-mm. It is so hard to get out of a toxic relationship, bro. Mm-hmm. And so that was the final click where I was like, this is your one and only life. Mm. Get out. Mm. Like, this isn't serving you. This isn't love. Mm-hmm. This is a weird trauma cycle. Yeah. And so you have to get out. Yeah. And then when I did, you know, my current partner, who was my friend at the time, was no longer there. She was frustrated with me and my oh, choices no. yeah. and the way that I've been moving. And, and she kind of lost faith in me as a person, yeah. which I understood at the time. That's fair. So I was just kind of like, so then I also had to live a point of my life without her in it. Oh. Like I was, I was like, she was my friend for so long. And then mm-hmm. I had this year where she wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And so I could viscerally feel and know this is life without her mm. in my life, mm. you know? And so she actually, um, in that time she moved to Victoria. Oh, no way. Yeah. <laughs> this is a long story, Damn. but she, she moved to Victoria. And so she came back to visit once sometime. And then yeah. I just hit her up. Like before she moved to Victoria, yeah. I actually hit her up and I was just like vulnerable. I was like, Hey, I really regret how everything panned out between us yeah uh, i hope you know like i have so much love for you and yeah i wish you the best in your adventures in victoria i know you're gonna kill it yeah it'll be yeah, great yeah, yeah, yeah. um and then she she hit me back yeah. and so we hashed it up she moved away she comes back to visit for the summer um and then i see her and i'm like fuck i have feelings for this girl mm-hmm. like if i'm really like honest with myself yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like if i'm really honest with, my, with myself at the time i didn't know she was the one at yeah. this point like i have strong conviction that she is mm. but at that point i was just kind of like I'm, I'm attracted to this person i don't want to be with this person and if mm. i say that i don't and she's just my friend i'm mm-hmm. lying to myself mm-hmm. like point blank oh, i love that <laughs> yeah love that. so then but i was still struggling with it right because there's still the fears there's still the voices of like you're gonna ruin your friendship blah blah yeah, blah yeah, 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 yeah. so i have this conversation with my brother and i tell him about it and he's married with kids at this point. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was just like, hey, yeah, I, like, I'm scared to lose her as my friend, blah, blah, blah. And he's just like, you know you're going to lose her as your friend anyway. Like, she's going to get married and you think you guys are going to hang out and go for a beer. Ooh. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's know? tough, bro. Yeah. He's like, you're going to get, you think that's you're so still going to go for a beer when she has a kid? You guys yeah, think yeah, you're yeah. still going to have these deep talks yeah. and whatever? Like, Things no. Things are going to change. It's yeah. going to be, it's going to, you're going to lose her anyway, dude. Yeah. And I already knew what it was like to be without her. Yeah. So I was like, no, I don't want that. So literally, yeah. it was my 30th birthday. I married on my 30th birthday. It was yeah. in summer. So uh, I just point blank asked her. I was like, you know, we've been friends for so long. Like, has there ever been a point where you thought about us ever getting together? Yeah. And then she was like, yeah, of course. <laughs> and then that brought us into a whirlwind of like, of like working and healing together. And yeah. that's the difference between like a trauma bond where to keep that relationship together yeah. you have to stay in your toxic cycle you have to betray mm, yourself right you have to do whatever you do that's bad for you to, to keep that relationship together right for us like as we heal it doesn't compromise our relationship it only brings us closer mm-hmm. so like us together as a team like to defeat our own personal cycles and to like take on the next generation's trauma like yeah. Fuck, I don't know how I got so lucky, bro. It's, it's honestly crazy, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's... Man, like... Life is life is so interesting. I feel like there's like there's so much serendipity and like when things do come across and they're that... Not easy. 
Yeah. Cause obviously you guys have had to put in a lot of work to, right. to, to be where you are, but for it to come the way that it, it has and for you to, to both recognize like how nurturing you need to be towards each other. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think that's just like, you were ready for it. And Bro, I don't even know if you're ever ready, dude. Yeah. That's the thing. Like we, like you're ready when you decide that you are. Yeah. And we've had like so many hard things and she's really invited me to grow. Cause like mm. similar to your journey, I'm like really hard on myself. Mm. So I, so then I'm hard on other people. Mm. Like there was a point in our relationship where I was just like, this is your pattern and you're going through this pattern and you keep doing this, like fix it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. And it became this thing of like, well, if we're going to be together, we're both got to heal and shit. Mm. And then it came to the point where, you know, she taught me that you know our love is best when it is accepting of all aspects of our humanity yeah <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah. it's okay for you to struggle with this yeah how can i love you through that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you know and yeah. instead of like being like well healthy relationships look like this so we need to so we need to emulate be like the, that exactly yeah, right yeah. it's just like yeah. oh, our relationships our relationship and how can we like love that and appreciate that and and leave room for improvement at the same time because it's not like this or that it's this and that you know what you just said our relationship is our relationship yeah bro like it's the same way like you have to take that into your personal life too and just like my life is my life yeah and you can't compare to anybody else and what they have and what they do no because you guys aren't those people yeah you're not them exactly like that other couple or whatever and it's so easy to compare it's so easy to compare (laughs) right but it's you have you also have so much to offer each other Mm -hmm. right the same way you individually as a creative you have so much to offer this industry and you have to offer the world yeah right with this podcast and like the things that you talk about this is man there's so much like i admire you guys so much for being able to do that because i had just gotten out of a nine-year-long relationship wow bro and I how how recently was that? Two and a half months ago. Wow, that's super recent. And bro, I did not like who I was then. Mm. I really didn't. Like in those nine years? Yeah. Wow. I I lost myself a little bit and I was like in and man, I gotta say this though. She was by all means probably one of like the best partners I could ever have. Mm-hmm. And it's such a shame that it didn't work out. And and I say that like, man, I just wasn't, I really wasn't happy with who I was then because <clears throat> eventually when we talked about him, like when we were breaking up, mm-hmm. we got to the end of that relationship and the question of, of like, are you happy? Right. I wasn't. Yeah. Was she happy? No. Did she feel loved? Mm. She didn't. I also at, at that point didn't feel loved either but it was like hearing that oh, that shit hurt yeah because I never thought that I would have somebody make somebody feel that way I never thought that because of what I did or didn't do somebody would feel that hurt mm-hmm. and so I just I struggled for a little bit with that and I mean I still do because it's like I don't want to say it 
there, there was, there were more good times than there were bad in this relationship. I'll say that. Yeah. But I spent a lot of time saying no to myself mm-hmm. and in the sense that where like, and this is where I really admire you too, like two years into your relationship, you're so expressive and you're able to communicate. And what you said about, I believe that you can take it. Yeah. And I believe that you're strong enough to, um, to overcome what it is that I have to potentially say to you. Right. I realized that I didn't give her that benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. All I was focused on was the fact that I felt bad if she cried. Right. That was such a big issue for me, right? Because mm-hmm. I can't blame her for, for crying when, yeah. when like, things come up. And so what ended up happening is I never really had things to say about her. Right. And whenever she had issues, she would come to me. And I'm always very thankful that she did because it's like, okay, like, then let me try to do better. Right. But in that, I started putting all of the responsibility on myself. Exactly. You started ignoring your own needs and just... And just blaming me and saying that I'm the issue. I'm the one that needs to make it work. Yeah. Right. And then eventually when I, when I, I guess I kind of knew that, um, like we got very comfortable with each other and it's, and it sucks because we always talked about how so many people get stuck in like comfortable relationships and, you know, because we always thought that we were still talking and we were still trying to make things work and communicating with each other. Right. But I wasn't Mm -hmm. like, we were talking about what she wanted me to maybe try differently or like how she wanted to be loved more. But I never reciprocated with like what what that was would mean for me. Yeah. Um, and it so was just then, that was just because it was hard for you to see her like. I, yeah, I just didn't react. Want to cry. To it. Yeah, yeah, I just didn't. I, I felt terrible every time, knowing that I would make somebody feel that way and make somebody like let that happen to someone mm-hmm. killed me. Yeah, like that really hurt me, and that's why like I just never ended up saying anything. Mm-hmm. But hearing. And this is what's great. It's like hearing you say that about your girlfriend and just the love that you have for her and the confidence that you have in her as a person is, is what you need. Yeah. The trust. Mm-hmm. Right. And again, it's like when you really, really do love that person, it's like, I trust that you're going to overcome this the same way that you should trust that I can overcome whatever I, I, you, you bring to me. Yeah. So like, man, I, I, I admire you guys and I respect you guys so much for being able to do that. Man, I appreciate that, bro. I appreciate it. Like, yeah. And thank you for sharing your journey and your rela- and your relationship, man. Like that's it's powerful. It's powerful, man, like to to have that realization. Like Yeah, it's crazy. Like, you know, people say people pleasing as as a term. For me, I I just see it as self-betrayal. Yeah. Like cuz it really is. Yeah, cuz it's like yeah, you need to be able to express like what you need or what you want or mm-hmm. what's not working out for you mm-hmm. in a relationship and uh and having that prioritizing someone else's feelings. Yeah. Over the things that you need to be happy and fulfilled in a relationship. Yeah. Like is hard and I guess you've had the realization now that it doesn't serve either party. Yeah. You know? And this is something that I realized in my in my last toxic relationship was like self-sacrifice is not a measurement of love. Yes. How much you're willing to sacrifice yourself does not make you love someone more. Mm-hmm. Does the opposite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it takes you out of the relationship yeah. so much faster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like coming out of that relationship now, it's fresh. 
two two months like two and a half months like how how are you feeling about it now like like for me i think that relationships especially nine years like Mm -hmm. must take so long to kind of feel like there's you have closure on it or like what's your viewpoint on we we ended up talking multiple times since the break because again it was a very amicable amicable breakup yeah we knew why and we even like that first week like when we first talked about it we both had to fight the urge to get back together oh yeah because it would have been so easy to of course comfortable um but we have since talked more about it and you know she was really able to be honest and transparent about her being upset with me and being angry for like whatever her reasons were right and I was finally able to reciprocate that. Mm-hmm. So we did have closure, and I still like I still love her in the sense that she affected me a lot. Yeah, she changed me a lot. I would say like she she made me a better person in many 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 ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I will always love and respect her. I will always want what's best for her, whatever that means for her. Yeah, right. Um, but it's it's definitely like it's just lonely yeah i would say but you know in terms of having closure i understand now like what i can't do to myself right in a subsequent relationship Mm -hmm. because i know that um and i think that into like now like what i'm potentially looking for and like um i think all i want to be sure is that i'm making I am 100, 100% behind the decisions and the choices that I make yeah. with a partner that I decide to be with, right? Or if I'm, you know, not ready for that at all and, like, mm-hmm. even leaning into, like, oh, what do I want in the future? Like, do I want to get married? Do I want kids? Right. Like, there's a lot more in that where I'm asking myself different questions. Mm-hmm. Like, do I need that? Do I not? Whatever, you know? Yeah. And I think I'm, I can say that I am happier. Mm-hmm because I am now able to fully commit to exploring the things that I want to explore Mm -hmm. um, in like my career and making sure that I'm doing things for myself and I don't feel obligated to devote time to someone. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. I, I love it, man. Like, cause that's the journey. Yeah. The journey was like self betrayal and self sacrifice, mm-hmm. like from a place of compassion and love. Mm-hmm. And then now you can feed that into yourself. Yeah. And actually, man, just even the way I like I'm hearing you speak about her mm-hmm. and the things you're taking from the relationship, I can tell you're a solid dude, bro. Thank I can you. tell that like you're actually gonna grow so much from this experience. Thank you. And I do believe that, you know, God doesn't make any mistakes. Mm-hmm. And so you're like nothing that has transpired in your life, those nine years, mm-hmm. not wasted at all, Absolutely. completely Absolutely. like towards your path and, yeah. and built you into the person that you are today. And like yeah. I said, man, the person standing before me right now, <laughs> a vulnerable, strong person who is, has a good heart, man. Like, Thank you. I think one of the, the worst things or not the worst things, but like kind of an indicator of someone's character is like how they speak about people mm. that they were once with and, and, yeah. uh, you know, you have nothing but great things to say about this person. So, yeah, man, you know, I, like, yeah, it can be lonely for sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, I, I got I got tons of faith in you on your journey for sure. Man. <laughs> Thank like, you, man. Honestly, I yeah. appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate it. I think the one thing that I'm like trying really 
really trying to work on is like because I'm lonely how do I overcome that how do I overcome this feeling mm -hmm. of like just not even I don't even know if it's like feeling like I need someone yeah but just knowing that like this is a little bit uncomfortable and sometimes I get sad of course and it is what it is yeah um but to hopefully you know take that energy and make sure that maybe seeing it as like well I have a lot of time now yeah if I have that time what where am I displacing that time where am I putting it back into exactly because again it does have to go back to me and I'm actually like like me <laughs> going back to the gym has been phenomenal fuck yeah dude because it it that is at least the one thing that I think throughout the weeks or throughout my weeks is the most consistent thing that I do do yes and because that's for me mm -hmm. and now it's trying to you know ignore all of the other little voices of like yeah. why I shouldn't go back to doing this and this yeah. is like, no I really should just do it because I want to do that thing so exactly. let me go do that thing yeah right yeah man that's the beauty of having like like it can feel like there's a hole that needs to be filled yeah but actually there's just empty space for new things yeah, to come yeah, into yeah. your life man and yeah. and like there's just so many more rooms for new blessings and new gifts and Absolutely. new experiences and mm -hmm. and that's that's a really like magical place to be in if you mm -hmm. can embrace it and you mm -hmm. can like look at the positive side of what this is affording you rather than all the things that you may be missing mm. But that's another thing that I can relate to a lot and I don't think is spoken about enough is that and maybe this is this is this is my own experience in my perspective that it's lonelier to be a man. <laughs> like being a man, bro, is fucking lonely, bro. Yeah. Because like, you know, when you're in a relationship and you have a woman, they're usually more in tune with their feelings and they can be more intimate with you emotionally. Mm-hmm. And you can have conversations like that are deeper and more intimate than with the typical group of dudes. Right. <laughs> right. Like at least that's my experience. Like, totally. yeah. like I can't, like, it's hard for me, like my, my, my guy friends to like relate to me because they haven't explored that part of themselves. So they can't yeah, yeah, offer yeah. that to me. They yeah. can't be like, and I don't, that's, there's nothing against them, but it's just like, they haven't done that work. Mm -hmm. So it's hard for them. They, they get uncomfortable around like, Oh, Nick's sad shit. Like, what do uh, I do? Let's, yeah, let's, yeah, let's go yeah, grab yeah, a beer, yeah. man. You want to go to the strip club? Or you yeah, wanna, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no, just... That's not what I need, bro. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, you know? And then on the woman's side, like, I don't know. For me, it's just like, someone's always going to care about them. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Someone's always going to be like, oh, like, whether that's their girlfriends or some fucking yeah. other guy yeah. or whatever. It's like, they care about your feelings. Yeah. It's easier for them to express that. So, it, yeah. So. There's so much, yeah. There's so much rooted in our culture around men and like what that, like, Oh, it's like, is it, it's not masculine to, to talk and express and cry and like right. all these things. And, but it's like, it's like, why, why does it have to be one or the other? Yeah. You know what I mean? And this is, and this is where I mean, like, I feel like when it comes to talking about teaching kids, you teach them what it means to be expressive and like, and like to, to speak their mind and voice their their frustrations and, and talk out their um, um, their feelings and their emotions 
but then you can also teach them what it means to be strong and like, mm. like this is a very strong thing to do and now you can go back to be confident about yourself yeah and the confidence that's what translates to masculinity right right being masculine is being confident in your skin and being able to take control over situations right, right? and it's like i think that there's so many in that regard of being masculine so many people want to fake it till you make it yeah right because they just want to put out that alpha energy yeah and it's just like if it's if if you're not if you don't have that charisma it's not that you will never have it Mm -hmm. but you haven't figured out yourself Mm -hmm. you're not confident in who you are so that people aren't going to listen to you yeah they're going to look at you like you're full of shit because you think you're full of shit <laughs> exactly. deep down. That yeah. energy is there. And it's it's so it's so hard to help people understand that. And because they'll continue to just justify why they say what they did what why they say what they say, what they yeah. do, what they do. Yeah. And it's like you just oh man, just <laughs> No, work, totally. One hundred percent. Like even for me, the way that like cause there's so much talk about masculinity these days like Mm. i think even like the andrew tate movement has kind of like and and, and, like i'm gonna say like there's some stuff that andrew tate says and i'm like that's the truth Mm -hmm. he's talking some real Mm -hmm. shit right Mm -hmm. i agree um but like a lot of it is is like you said it's fake it till you make it stuff it's like i want to project alpha energy into Mm -hmm. the world for me what masculinity is is service Mm how do I serve the people around me? Mm-hmm. And it's like, so to be able to, to be in service, I need to be present with what people need. Right. I can't ignore my emotions and I can't do that because I have to be present with people and I can't run away from uncomfortable feelings, situations, mm-hmm. or emotions. Mm-hmm. I can be present in any situation. Yeah. And then also the ability to serve means that you have to be capable. <laughs> you have to be strong. Yeah. Like you, Like you can't serve anyone if you do nothing for yourself to improve yourself or Mm -hmm. do like if you can't even take care of yourself how are you going to take care of others 100 percent. so like this whole thing of like this is how you be masculine Mm -hmm. is bullshit Mm -hmm. it's all about how do you be of service it's Mm -hmm. not about how do you have the fucking nicest bugatti (laughs) yeah 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 yeah, (laughs) or whatever it's like literally like who are you in your community and Mm -hmm. who do you serve in your community what do you bring Mm -hmm. to your community Mm -hmm. and when you focus on that then you'll be the alpha or yeah. whatever. Like not, not all the other shit of like, like all what the deluded weird mm-hmm. masculine movement right now, mm-hmm. which I think is kind of healthy to a certain extent, but yeah. it's, it's mixed up. There's always extremes. Yeah. There will yeah. always be extremes. And it's like, it, <laughs> you have to go to extremes it before you can like kind of meet in the middle. And right. Like, um, and I, I, I totally agree, man. I think with the, this movement, with masculinity um i mean andrew tate just happens to be the voice of people that are very insecure right about themselves and they need that voice to Mm -hmm. start at least which is great right um i think like you said like there are certain things that he said where i'm like yeah that kind of that that tracks yeah but are, is there also a lot of things that he says that I'm just like, oh, that's... 100%. <laughs> yeah. No. And I think I think this is also a lesson for a lot of people in, in masculinity is this man should not be your, your god. No. This man should not be who you model yourself after. No. You have to take what he says and like, I rate that. I, I get that. 
right? Mm-hmm. Or that I don't fuck with at all, right? Yeah. So I feel like the the lesson that people need to learn or like the good thing about someone like an Andrew Tate is that this is an opportunity mm-hmm. for most people, most men to make claim and take control of their life and their opinions and what it is that they actually believe in and value. 100%. And being honest about those things and fully admitting, you know, um, if they, you know, maybe they were influenced because they didn't think about that thing before and they're like, okay, cool, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I can go with that. Or, no, that was really fucked up. Yeah. I don't fuck with that at all. Totally. You know, and that's where you start building confidence is because you are now making choices for yourself. You're making yeah. opinions for yourself. I think with social media, there's so many, there's so much noise. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be somebody with an opinion on something. There's always going to be somebody who believes one thing or another. You also have to be, believe one thing or another though. Right. Right. Cause if you continue to just go with like what the mainstream influencers are saying and like how they, think about this thing and say, well, so-and-so said this, so I'm like this. Okay, well, you're just going to continue following that opinion and once their opinion changes, you're going to follow that. Yeah. Where where do you draw the line for yourself of like, this is what I believe in? 100%. This is what I value as a human being and this is what, these are the um, principles and values that I stand by. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and I think a lot of people sometimes are just scared to be wrong. Like, again, fear of failure. Right. I don't want to be seen in a a light that isn't perfect. 100%. But there is no perfect. Yeah. Right? But you have to make a choice. You have to ha- make a choice and be happy with that choice. And whatever consequences come from that, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. It's really dangerous to just absorb ideologies and be like, I accept everything about this without questioning it. Yes. Like, I actually think that's the whole process of our lives. Mm-hmm. Like, as kids... We just learn and digest and receive a bunch of information from our parents, from society, from our teachers, from our friends. And that's the part of life. Like you actually can't avoid that. You absorb all these things. Mm -hmm. But there comes a point in your life where you have to question, Mm. are all of these things that I've agreed with and accepted Mm. serving me? Or do I even believe in these things? Mm -hmm. Or are they the right thing? Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you're actually just programmed. Yeah. You're, wor- you're going through life as a programmed, like, robot. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, because there's a certain point where you have to exercise that curiosity about yourself. Yeah. And that's why I love your journey so much, man, because there's so much questioning of yourself in it. Thank you. <laughs> like, you're literally like, oh, yeah, this point happened, and then, like, I did this to my friend, and, and so then I had to question myself. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, my students were in this way, and I actually reflected on that, and then I had to question myself. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that is why the, the result of who you are is who you are, because you Thank are you. willing to have the humility to question yourself. Try, man. <laughs> yeah. Real we're, all, we're, we're all just trying, you know? Yeah. That's all we can do. Like, yeah. no one's perfect. Like, yeah. like I, I always say that, you know, everyone says like growth is not linear, mm-hmm. which is true. Um, but I also think growth is cyclical. Yep. Like you're actually always going to be challenged with the same thing again. Yeah. Like I'm sure in the next relationship you get into, yeah. it's going to be just as hard for you to see her cry. Yeah. So then am I, go- but am I going to be able to break that cycle? Exactly. And, and start a new and habit? Then, yeah. 
it's just like working out man i like, like that you work out back chat like push like push pull legs mm. Mm-hmm. And then it's going to be push again. Mm-hmm. And then it's going to be pull again. And then it's going to be legs again. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you're going to have to exercise that forever. The work yeah. is never done. Yeah. You know, and it never gets yeah. easier. You just get stronger, you know? Yeah. And you know what? It's funny because it's funny that you say that because even in my, like, own friendships, there's a lot of that, like, people pleasing and not, like, addressing sometimes how things maybe make me feel. Yeah. But recently, I did... um I did have a, it's just like an incident and, um, I don't know if I want to call him a friend or not. <laughs> it's like, it's cause at this point, at this point, I don't really consider him a friend yeah. because of the way that I was treated. So last year, and I'm, I, I have this tendency again, like as a people pleaser to like, I want to help people. Yeah. Right. So then if somebody asks me for something, I'll let me see if I can make that work. And I do my best to make that work. Right. So I said yes to a lot of things that I didn't maybe want to do last year. Yeah. So one of those things was to try and build a, or help my friend build a stunt reel, just like an action reel for, mm-hmm. for him as an actor. Um, and initially last year I was like, yeah, yeah. Like I was, but I was very busy with stunts. So at the time I was just like, when I have free time, yeah, let's get around to this. Yeah. Right. I'm like all for it kind of thing. Once I had time off and like break and I had time to myself again. And then after my breakup, mm-hmm. again, all of these things just culminating and teaching me more things about myself. Now I'm just like, it came up again and yeah. I didn't want to do it. So I apologized because I also hate when I say that I'm going to do something and I don't follow through with yeah. it. So I apologize for that. I was like, dude, like I will continue to apologize. And, and like, I don't know if I can make, like make that up. But as of right now, it's, I just don't have the capacity to. Yeah. Right. I also like, I, I went out of my way and said that I was like, Hey, like I kind of hinted it and maybe I should have just been more direct. Right. But I hinted it and I was like, I noticed that I've just been like overextending myself to a lot of people and I just don't want to do that right now. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then, he said, so are you going to help me or not? And I was just wow. like, okay. And that's where I finally, and again, it's like, I, I want to give people the benefit of the doubt for the most part. Yeah. Right. So I gave him some grace and I explained to him again, it's, I apologized again and I gave him some grace in the sense that like, I don't want this to needlessly turning, turn into anything that needlessly turn into anything dumb or like stupid because it's it's not like it's not worth it yeah right it's not a big deal right Mm -hmm. so then i was just like okay like this is just the things that i didn't like the way that you asked even after i like brought this up yeah and then he apologized that he he apologized if it came across that way and i was like okay cool i accept your apology and then but then he proceeded to kind of gaslight me and mm. like not address what I had brought up and like why I thought it was inappropriate for him to ask that way. Right. And just put it back on me. There was at a point where I actually asked like three of my friends, like this is during COVID. Mm-hmm. I had met these guys and didn't know them that well. Um, so what I did was I asked them, all three of them, how would you like me to be your friend? Hmm. What kind of friend do you want me to be that. for you? Yeah. Um, so they all gave me their piece and, yeah. and was like, oh, like these, the, these whatever things, right? 
only one of them reciprocated that question to me. Uh. Um, and so that alone, I was, I was already kind of like, okay, so then maybe these two in particular are not like going to be my closest friends. And I was kind of cool with that. Right. Um, but then, you know, time kind of went on and, and the, the cycle was, I would be asked, uh, uh, for things and that's the only time I'm ever contacted. Yeah. Right. Was whenever this particular person needed something. Mm -hmm. And so I already built in my head, I was like, I know you're not going to be like a close friend of mine. That's cool. Whatever. Right. Yeah. And so to the point where it's like, even when he asked me to hang out, but like he asked me to hang out the day of or something like that. Yeah. And like, bro, I have plans. Like, (laughs) 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 you think I'm sitting here waiting, like doing nothing? Like, yeah. um, Yeah. yeah. So eventually like, again, I still gave him the benefit of the doubt, but after he, um, like kind of gaslit me and just threw in nonsense that had nothing to do with what we were talking about. I was just like that. No, I'm done. Like this is it, dude. That's like so important to be able to have that realization and act yeah. on that. You know, like I, and I think it's just. Again, it always comes from this place of of compassion for other people, mm-hmm. but like, yeah, that's a great question to ask yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, are these people that I'm extending myself for worth it? Yeah, yeah. are they are would they do that for me? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, especially like in a people pleaser mindset. Yeah. It's it's almost based on like, okay, what's going to create the least conflict? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like I want to please this person probably because they're going to be upset mm-hmm. if I don't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's why I want to please them because if I don't, there will be conflict. Yeah. And then you're going to neglect all the people who are actually there and understand you mm-hmm. and give you grace mm-hmm. because there's not going to be conflict if you disappoint them. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're, you're happy disappointing those people. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to these people who actually probably shouldn't even be getting your time and energy, yeah, you're giving them more because you have that fear of that uncomfortable interaction of what it's going to be like if you actually exercise your boundaries. Yeah. I'm fucking like, yeah, that's, that's a hard thing to do, dude. Mm-hmm. It's a hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. So like, good on you for being able to do that. man. It's, I mean, you know what? At the end of the day, it's like, I think I'm still always going to try to give somebody the benefit of the doubt. Of course. I'm always going to try to like, uh, like give, just give them grace. Mm-hmm. But more and more now I'm just learning, like, I know what, what like tendencies or traits people will typically have if I know that you're not really if you're not really wanting to be my friend. Yeah. Right. So understanding those things. And again, it's like even learning that about myself, like, am I doing that to other people too? Like mm-hmm. I'm trying to make sure that like the people that I, I do really like that I make an effort to, to let them know. Right. Right. To show them that it's like, I'm not just like, it's not just like I'm using you for, for whatever. Yeah. Right. Like it's also like, I don't, unless I'm really comfortable with you um, and um, or like I actually value your opinion, I'm not going to talk to you about like deep shit. Yeah. Right. And like we like this is our first time meeting. Yeah. But again, like I think what because one Wayne speaks very highly of you. Wow. Appreciate that Wayne. Two, um, again, just seeing what you're doing and now hearing more about your story and like what your journey is like I fuck with that. Thank you, bro. You know what I mean? Like, it, there's an energy thing. You always feel when, so, like, if it's a little bit off. Yeah. And it's like, mm, this isn't going to happen. Totally. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, 
um i think there's a lot of just again like it goes back to just you need to listen to yourself yes you really need to just like what's what's going on in here when things happen to you or like when you meet people Mm -hmm. and like it's stereotypes or not stereotypes uh it's uh, uh um what's the what's the word cliche right that you have to trust your gut you really fucking do yeah <laughs> you really fucking do 100 percent. like what do you think is the reason why people ignore their gut i th- i think i think a lot of it is the just like running away from conflict mm-hmm. people naturally don't want to be in conflicting yeah. um environments because they maybe not have those skills to right. deal with it I think that's what it comes down to mm-hmm. because a lot of times, like I think, especially with our br- upbringing, we we go the path of least resistance in yeah. the sense that if I do these things and I avoid doing these things, I'm not gonna get punished. Exactly, I'm not gonna get yelled at. Yeah, but it's not that doesn't teach you problem solving. That doesn't right. teach you the ability to confront someone and actually like say say your piece mm-hmm. and want to to communicate things right. Yeah. I've always said like, and this is something that I learned from Wushu is that if I don't care about you, I'm not going to say anything. Yeah. True. It's harsh, but it's at the same time, it's, that's just how it is. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna waste that time. Yeah. Right. But if I do, you'll hear from me. Yeah. Right. So I think a lot of people just need to, I say it's so simple. Just need to. There's a there's a lot of work in in just putting yourself in those situations yeah. and even just saying one thing, even just one thing that opens the door. Yeah, you know what I mean. Saying like I don't agree, right? Or I agree. Exactly. It allow it gives you it just opens up that door for you to walk through, and yeah. then you start figuring out with you know certain people, do I have that space? to communicate openly mm-hmm. right because it's also too if somebody decides to if i give my opinion and somebody's so stubborn and hard-headed and they start berating me for the, like my opinion then i'm like okay cool yeah i have nothing more to say to you than exactly <laughs> it is what it is 100 percent, man right yeah i think i think it i think it is that and and, and when you do like do things to avoid conflict. Mm-hmm. Like you're not actually choosing your path. You're just avoiding one singular path. Yes. And then everything else is decided for you because yes. you decided that this path of conflict is so bad. Mm-hmm. You'd rather have any other path than this. Mm-hmm. And so it's decided for you. Mm-hmm. Whereas like if you actually choose and say, I'm taking the path that is most honoring of myself. Yeah. And what I actually want and what I actually feel. Yeah then you're deliberately choosing your life. And I, I honestly think the outcome of your life will be a lot better if you deliberately choose something mm-hmm. rather than avoiding anything, whether mm-hmm. that's conflict or uncomfortable emotions mm-hmm. or whatever that thing that you're avoiding is. Mm-hmm. Chase something instead. Yeah. Pursue something instead instead yeah. of avoiding something. Yeah. You know? And it also goes to show with like your upbringing in terms of like when you have, when you've grown up with a certain group of friends. Mm-hmm. Right. And you let people get away with certain tendencies or like you're just, you're like, oh, they're just like that. Yeah. They don't have to be just like that. <laughs> you yeah. also don't have to be, be that person's friend anymore. You are not obligated to maintain these relationships if they don't serve you. 100%. Right. And I think that, you know, again with Matt just like servicing people or people pleasing yeah. you fear that they're going to feel a certain type of way about you but it's like are you that close to them 
then why the fuck do you care? Exactly. You, you, if you can admit to yourself that you really, you don't actually really like this person, mm-hmm. it's fine. Yeah. You don't have to like everyone. Not everyone needs to like you. One hundred percent, dude. <laughs> like, and and I, th- I I I love what you said about like, you just need to pick. You need to choose. Yeah. You need to choose what what works for you. You need to choose what you what your values are, your core values are, and you head in that direction. And you're gonna find your people, mm-hmm. right? Maybe like this core group of people that you grew up with don't share that same sentiment. Yeah. And that's okay because at the time that's what you needed. Mm-hmm. But now if you feel uncomfortable or you feel like this doesn't serve you anymore, yeah. there's, there's an exhausting energy behind it and you don't want to put yourself in that situation anymore. Don't go do something else. 100%. Right? Go be the truest version of you and those people will come along the way. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's, that's a hundred percent the truth. And like anyone who's actually your friend wants the best for you. hundred percent. If you advocating for yourself makes you lose any friendship or relationship, Mm -hmm. that relationship was never good for you in the first place. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. So it's better to like actually test those things and see it Mm -hmm. than to just avoid that, that thing. Cause you're never going to know. Yeah. You know, and that's partly why, like I have those conversations with my partner. Cause it's Mm -hmm. like, well, if we can't make it through this conversation, well, there's going to be a lot harder things down the road. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. we better start light on this conversation right now, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. And that's so admirable because it, it's, it's a hard thing to do. Yeah. It's so difficult. It's so difficult to say like, to admit to each other that you're not perfect. Yeah. Right. To be vulnerable that way. And, and, and again, for me, like the hardest thing was always was saying anything mm-hmm. at the risk of making them feel bad. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And then my ex always had. Like, she shouldn't feel bad about it, but she always didn't want to make me feel bad. Right. Um, so then it's like, she just needs to say what she says, and then it's, okay, we can move on from it. It's like, no, but if you want to be mad, like, you can yeah. be mad. Exactly. Right? And it's it's so... And the same thing with your friends. It's like, you have so much room to just be upset with people if you want. 100%. <laughs> like, you shouldn't ignore that. You no. Shouldn't. <laughs> you, Dude. you don't owe anybody, like... If they're, if people are uncomfortable with it, that's a them problem. Yeah. <laughs> that's shit that they have to like admit to and like, well, why are you uncomfortable with it? Why mm-hmm. is it, you know? And yeah, just seen so much of that in the last yeah. like, year and a half. Like friends are allowed to have, like friends should be able to have hard conversations. Adults totally. are capable of being disappointed. Mm-hmm. Like it's okay to disappoint an adult. Mm-hmm. They can handle it. Oh man, you know, yeah. like even <laughs> like I had a recent conversation with uh, my partner where like literally I, I, I just told her, I was like, I can be frustrated with you and love you at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm frustrated, but I love you. And yeah. this is, we're okay. Like yeah. our relationship's not in jeopardy. I'm yeah. frustrated though. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. Like we're allowed to have the full gamut of emotions. And, and I think we just like, we label these emotions as like, this means this is bad. This mm-hmm. means that like something is wrong mm-hmm. when really it's just like, you're a fucking human, man. Mm-hmm. Like you're going to feel everything. And that's mm-hmm. the whole point. Mm-hmm. And it's like when you come into it too, and the, the ability for you to offer that. Yeah. And offer that as a, I'm frustrated, but I still love you. It's like, I want to talk these things because I love you. Yeah. It's exactly. like, it, again, it's like, if I don't say anything, I probably don't really love you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
like there's obviously a lot of things that go into that because it's like there's like a lot of fear behind that sometimes and until you're ready to be comfortable doing that mm-hmm. it gets really hard yeah right um but the fact that you want to share those things because it's like for the sake of our relationship if i don't say these things yeah it could go south exactly and i know that it would because i've been in enough relationships and situations like that where it's like that was also my thing that i had to work through yeah like not wanting to upset my partner yeah maybe not for the same reason like Mm -hmm. obviously i don't want to see my partner sad or whatever but also it was because like i'm afraid they're gonna blow up i'm Mm -hmm. afraid they're gonna like explode Mm -hmm. and be Mm -hmm. angry and i'd rather just like have peace yeah 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 yeah. you know but again like i said when you when you prioritize peace with someone else you're at conflict with yourself yeah and um that's not a long-term strategy for anything no no but like man i'm this is like something that's been on my mind a lot lately because obviously you know i'm getting older um and like i said my, my relationship with my father um has improved a lot but honestly i think there's still room for improvement there's still more that i can do and and like yeah this is just something that's weighed heavy on my mind and in my conversations recently where like mortality the Mm. mortality of my parents Mm -hmm. and like you know you being vulnerable and sharing you know your father's passing like for me i already like when you mentioned that i felt this visceral thing of like oh Mm. shit that's something that i'm i have like a deep fear of Yeah. yeah and like so i don't know like is there anything that you can share about that experience like of losing your father and like what that was like for you and how you moved through that and, and maybe like your perspective on the mortality of our parents? Like, I think the, I think the mortality of our parents is the same as the mortality of anybody else is that it can be, <laughs> yeah, life is, you never know what to expect. Mm-hmm. I think with my dad, um, so my dad and I never had a great relationship. Right. We bonded over certain things like basketball was one of those things that we really connected on. Yeah. Um, he loved cars. I was not a big car person, but I could appreciate certain things. Yeah. Like those are the things that we kind of connected on. And, you know, I remember when I was still in high school and, you know, one day I just like, asked him to go with me to shoot around at like mount royal and i actually really enjoyed it because it's like i got to spend time with my dad um he was always busy working Mm -hmm. him and my mom were always busy very busy working so we didn't have time to cultivate an actual relationship right but do i remember key moments absolutely Mm -hmm. a lot of them were him yelling at me (laughs) (laughs) yeah but um but it's funny i say that and it's like why do I remember? Because there were lessons I needed to learn. There were things that I, I actually, I agreed with and mm-hmm. it, they, they stick with me. Right. And I yeah. also just knowing him as a person, I didn't know him personally enough, Yeah. but I knew who he was based off of the way that his coworkers treated him mm. based off of the way that I saw him when we would go to restaurants and he knew people and how kind he was and I, I that's honestly like I try to emulate my dad in that manner right just the kindness that he is willing to offer people mm-hmm. um, and unfortunately yeah, we didn't have a great relationship and when he passed away it was weird because I felt like I wasn't like I was sad but I didn't I didn't like it felt like I wasn't feeling the right emotions right um 
And then I remember one one night I went to sleep and I was like dreaming and I and I saw him. Wow. This shit is crazy, man. Like the spiritual part of that because like I saw him, I ran to him, we hugged, mm-hmm. and I woke up in tears. Yeah. And um I remember like my mom that that next morning mm-hmm. also said that she saw my dad in her dreams wow. and I was just like yo it's just crazy it's bro crazy bro and the one thing that I will say with um what I regret because after my dad passed away um my brother and I well my brother was already in Vancouver uh, I moved out uh, 5 years ago and after his passing um my Bakfu, so my, um, his older brother, mm-hmm. he told us, he started recounting stories of like him being on the phone with my dad and my dad always asking, Oh, like, I don't know how to connect with them. I don't know how to talk with them. And, you know, I don't know what I should do all these things. And I felt so terrible because that means that he was he was really trying. Yeah. Anytime that he tried to reach out, he was really trying to make an effort, and I didn't see that. Mm. I just thought he was being annoying. Right. And, like, because, again, like, he wasn't really around that much. So then some of the things that he was trying to teach me, it's like, well, I already learned those things, or somebody else said that to me already. Yeah. I don't want to hear this again. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, but when my Bafu told me that, oh, bro, I felt so shitty. Yeah. Because then it's just like, wow, he really was trying to meet me halfway. And I didn't at all. Mm-hmm. And that was so frustrating. Yeah. Um, to the point where now, is like, I, I'll, like, now I try to talk to my mom more. And I try to really build that relationship. I took her to the gym yesterday. I love that. Because <laughs> I was just like, I was just trying to teach her things. And she's asked me before, but I've always been like, you know, busy. Right. So then... It was a great experience because I had that moment with her and I was able to teach her things and like just mm-hmm. we were just able to talk. And I have a much better relationship with my mom now because we yeah. are able to talk about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And I can give her my opinions on things. I can ask her her advice. She was very communicative when uh, she found out that I broke up with my ex. Yeah. Um, and she's very supportive that way. Um, and like going back to your question with like mortality, I think I think everybody's fighting their own battles. Everybody is going through their own shit. Our parents as well. And we don't know how much like a little gesture for them will go or how far that will go for them. Um, and so I understand why people, you know, will choose their, choose their parents and choose to hang out with their parents on the weekends and just Mm -hmm. like spend all that time with them because our lives get busy yeah you know and i think you really don't know what's gonna happen you know like there was one year my mom slipped broke her wrist Mm -hmm. and i'm just like what the fuck we didn't know and she didn't tell us wow you know we didn't we didn't find out until we called her and or i think either we called her or we flew her out here and then we're like what what is on your wrist yeah and she had a splint and i'm just like why didn't you tell us you know and like there's so many unplanned things Right, not even with just your parents. Like I had a one of my other students passed away because he had a blood clot in his foot after getting surgery. Oh no! And it was a surgery that is like wildly successful. Is that a very small risk? Yes, it is, and it happened. 
Yeah. So, man, when it comes to mortality, I think whatever it is that you can do, if you can make time to, you know, break those barriers down, just spend some more time, ask some questions, make them feel loved, make mm-hmm. them feel... Ultimately, at the end of the day, everyone wants to feel loved. Everybody yeah. wants to feel... This is what I've realized is that when my mom tries to get involved in my life, she raised me. For a long time, I needed her. Mm-hmm. She wants to feel needed. Yeah. Our parents want to feel needed. Mm-hmm. Right? As strong, as, it, as tough as they are. Why do you think that whenever you go back home, they're so excited to see you? They'll cut fruit for you. Yeah. They'll do these things, all these little gestures. It's not because it's just the thing that we do. No, they want to... They want to feel needed. They want to love you. They want to give you those things. As much as they don't say it, those are the actions. Those are the things that they want to do for you. And Mm -hmm. I think that as as independent as we do become, we need to allow our parents to be our parents sometimes. Yes. And and give them that opportunity to do things for us. Not and don't take advantage of it, obviously. Of course. But it's to be in their lives so that they can feel like they're needed mm-hmm. right don't necessarily make them do shit for you yeah. that's not what i'm saying no i know but, exactly what you're saying man. but be involved enough or like create opportunities for them to be involved in your life yeah 100%. because i think ultimately that's that's also what they want it's huge and you're gonna yeah. get a lot from that too right just like having those those other interactions absolutely and and like it probably that's probably why like you know, when you say that your mom didn't tell you about the splint, like, yeah. I'm like, my mom would probably be the same exactly. way. Like, they don't want you to worry. and They like, don't want you to worry. They want to be the one helping you. They, yeah. It's hard for them to receive anything. You yeah, know yeah, what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. And like, yeah, like, thank you for, for sharing that, man. Like, your your experience and your willingness to be vulnerable is like so powerful. And I've taken thank a you. lot from what you said. And yeah, mortality in general I think is maybe even a more powerful way to look at it. Like mm. you suggested where it's like, even our lives, yeah, we're going to die. Mm-hmm. So what are we doing to spend in our lives? Like, like actually doing and spending time doing, you know, like, yeah, that's why, you know, I admire you for going and moving to Vancouver and chasing your <laughs> dream. Cause who knows what's going to happen. You. you might die. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what if you died at a desk job that you hated? Like, yeah. How terrible yeah. would that be? Yeah, totally. 100%. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's just doing things for yourself again. It's like, and I think that, like, when we go back, like, going back to talking about how, like, how I'm able to continue to choose that voice of, like, like these are the things, this is what I want to do. I, I think it's literally, like, for me, it's that simple. I'm, it's, it's, it can't be that simple for everyone I know. But for me, it's literally, well, I just want to do that thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> What's stopping me? Yeah. Literally nothing. I love that about you, man. That's awesome. <laughs> literally nothing. Yeah. And I think that you learn along the way whether or not that thing is meant for you, too. And it's just, you just got to try a bunch of shit. Mm-hmm. And, but then at the same time, it's like, it's going to get hard. Then there's another lesson for you to learn. Yeah. The how bad do I want it? Right. Mm-hmm. Do I want it so bad that I'm willing to overcome this hardship and this yeah. difficult time and keep working towards that dream, right? And I think mm-hmm. that a lot of people just need to have some time to themselves and be honest with themselves. And like, again, like I will always say too that if whatever you decide to choose in life to do, um, that is your choice and you should be happy with it. Mm-hmm. But if you're unhappy... 
Maybe there's something to address there. Just make another choice. Just make another choice. <laughs> you right? know? Just ask, why, why am I unhappy? Do you hate your job? Okay. Maybe I get another <laughs> job then. Exactly, <laughs> you know? exactly. Or maybe I explore something else. You know, I think that there's a lot of... of um, we want to be overly prepared. Mm-hmm. You can't. Yes. <laughs> you can't. Yeah. Shit's going to happen. Things are going to happen. Life is going to go south at some point and you're really just going to have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And you, and that, but that's what's going to make you stronger. That's what's, those are the lessons that are going to be taught to you. Yeah. I oftentimes, like I've, I've realized now that um, it doesn't matter what people say to me in terms of like, like we were talking about before, you can tell me your experience and like I can learn from it. I can take that perspective. But sometimes if I haven't had that experience myself, <laughs> exactly, dude. I don't know. Is yeah. it really that bad? Yeah, exactly. This is the one thing I'm like very curious what it's like to date a Korean girl because all my <laughs> friends like, yo, like <laughs> real talk. I'm gonna put that out there right now. I love that, dude. People keep telling me that like, like Korean girls are crazy. I'm like, what does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Yeah. It's like, no, don't do it. It's like, bro, bro like I, but I kind of want to know. Like, I'm so curious. You, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's so, no way that all Korean girls are crazy. That's what I'm saying, bro. <laughs> like, there's no way. So I'm just like, I'm just so curious. Like, yeah. you know, and again, it's people have their traumas. People want to share. And this is where I think when it comes back to like me wanting to help people, you wanting to help your friends. Yeah. Right. You see the difficulties that they're kind of going through. And you want to help them so that they can feel better, but they just need to go through it. Exactly. And all you, all you can do is be supportive, be there, offer your perspective if it's warranted, if that, if that's what's wanted. Mm -hmm. That's another thing too, man. When, when realizing that on the other side of that, sometimes I don't want an opinion. Yeah. I don't want, that's not what I need. It's true. Right. And it's like, as a person too, there's times where you just want to talk about things and somebody offers you unsolicited advice and you're just like, bro, go over there. <laughs> like, exactly. Like, I, don't, I wasn't I don't even asking right you, bro. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, I did, did I ask? <laughs> yeah. I and that. shit like that's okay too. It's like you can, it's, it's okay to tell people that like, and to set that boundary. It's like, I'm not looking for advice right now. Yeah. I'm literally just, I just need a vent. I need to just complain. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't need you to fix my problem for me. Yeah. Cause I know that, I have to go through it. I also have to be the one to fix it. Yes. Right. But if I do, if I'm having trouble in coming up with a solution, maybe I'll come to you for mm-hmm. perspective mm-hmm. that may offer me something different. Yeah. It goes back to like, people got to be starving for it. They got to come and yeah. ask you, you know, and that's yeah. where they're going to be most ready to receive it rather than you just like, again, giving them giving unsolicited yeah. advice. Yeah. You know, it's the worst. Yeah. I've done that a lot. <laughs> I don't want to get your parking. Oh, shoot, yeah. Um, what were we talking about? Uh, fuck, it doesn't matter. <laughs> a new topic. A new topic. Yeah, yeah. How, uh, actually, yeah, so how, um, what spurred the podcast? Whew. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think I've just gotten so much from podcasts mm-hmm. that, like, I've just always been curious and, like, wanted, it's kind of like you were like, I just want to do this. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of things that were stopping me from doing it. Like what? Uh, just fear. Mm. Like actually my first episode of the podcast, I recorded two years before I released it. 
No way. Yeah. So like, cause I, I recorded the podcast. And I was like, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> this is the shittiest podcast ever. Yeah. And so I just sat on it and then I don't know what it was. This one day I was just like cleaning up my laptop and mm-hmm. I saw it again. And mm-hmm. I was like, huh? I started listening to it and I was like, oh, this is a cool tidbit out yeah, of it. Yeah. Let me just post a clip. Mm-hmm. And then I posted the clip and I got a bunch of love for the clip. They were just Hell like, oh, yeah. this is awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that you're doing this. And I was like, huh? And then so the people who said like, I love that you're doing this. I just invited them on. I was like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. thanks. Would you want to come and yeah, yeah, talk yeah. on camera? Yeah. And then it just like kind of snowballed into this thing. Mm. Um, and yeah, like it's, it's a part of my journey and like, like we said, well, like we were talking about earlier, I think a lot of my journey is just becoming who I needed when I was a kid. Right. And so like a part of that is like giving myself permission and in giving myself permission to talk about like these vulnerable topics and, and having these, these conversations with people is giving other people permission. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the post that you saw with Wayne mm-hmm. was like my first post to ever like get a lot Blow of up. views, yeah, 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 you know? Yeah, yeah. And so the comments on it were just like, how, look at like, it was just people like, I'm going to, I want to talk to my parents about this. Oh, I want to talk to this person about this. And I've been avoiding conflict for this long and whatever it was. And I was like, wow, this is impactful. Mm -hmm. I was like, people are having conversations because of this. Mm -hmm. Like people are talking to their mom and dad about something because of this. Mm -hmm. And And it became a little bit more powerful than just like, I want to do this. Yeah. And so like that was... And so now is I'm just like allowing it to be whatever it's going to be. Like at first I had this idea of like, I have to talk to this kind of person. These are the kind of conversations I'm going to have. I prepped for them. I had like a notebook with my questions in it. Mm -hmm. And I would like look on the internet about like these people and try to ask these certain kinds of questions. And now it's just conversations. Mm -hmm. And that was the first one that me and Wayne, because it was completely random. Mm -hmm. He literally just hit me up and was like, yo, your podcast is cool, man. Yeah keep doing it yeah <laughs> and then like i was like oh dude thanks man like we should meet up yeah and he's a real one man yeah he's a 100 percent, great guy and then he came over and he was just like immediately i was vibing with him because actually mm-hmm. wayne i've met him in passing but i've never had a conversation with him mm-hmm. so it was like oh hey wayne oh hey I'm nick oh so yeah okay peace type thing mm-hmm. you know and then when we were having this conversation like uh upstairs and we were just like having some water and just talking i was like hey man you want to record on this the podcast? <laughs> yeah. and he was like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and uh and then that's w- that's what switched it for me i was like okay i'm not gonna prep any questions i'm not gonna yeah. do anything i'm just gonna have real conversations with real people yeah and it doesn't even matter what kind of person they are as long as they're willing to be vulnerable or like vibe on a certain level so yeah that's what spurred it man and mm-hmm. even like even me going into martial arts is is that too is mm-hmm. is being the person i needed when i was a kid yeah like i had there's like two memories I have where like one was, you know, my brother was being bullied mm. and then I was standing there and I'm his younger brother, but mm-hmm. I was still pissed off about it and mm-hmm. I wanted to do something about it. And then, so like as a kid at that time, I like, I just punched this guy way older than me. Mm-hmm. I punched him in the stomach and then mm-hmm. he was, he looked at me and he laughed and I felt so weak and I was mm. like, Oh, I can't defend the people I care about. Mm. And even like I was, I'd be walking around with my mother like, you know, she'd take care of us. And like, I remember there's this day I remember vividly, there was this person on the street cat calling my mom while we were together and like just mm. being extremely disrespectful. Yeah. 
this gigantic adult and I mm-hmm. felt like so helpless, but I wanted to defend her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I want to be able to do something mm-hmm. in this fucking situation. That's why I love Bruce Lee so much because, you know, he was mm-hmm. the only example I saw on TV where he's just yep. like beating people up. Yeah. <laughs> so then I was like, if there's ever a situation, I don't want to feel powerless ever again. Mm-hmm. And so that's like, that's my entire persona now. The person I'm becoming is just the, the person I needed or I felt that I needed when I was a kid. Man, I love that so much. <laughs> yeah, like, you said so. that multiple times, but it's like, it just, it makes so much sense. Yeah. It does make so much sense that it's, you, you, you're becoming who you needed. Yeah. Most to feel safe and feel protected. And that's fucking dope. Yeah. Cause like, it's better than blaming your parents all the time. <laughs> Yo, for real, for real though. You know, that's oh, man. Yeah, I think um, so with with where what do I want to ask? There's something that I think because like you've been saying that you've gone to like videography and and obviously your life is taking a more creative path. Yeah, where where would you like that to go? That's a good question, bro. Um, if I'm really honest, if I was like saying my most selfish dream, mm-hmm. it would be the podcast that blows up more than the videography or like the marketing agency I'm starting. Because mm-hmm. I'm doing that because obviously there's a level of practicality that I still need in my life that right. I feel like, um, you know, I need to make money. Mm-hmm. And and this is like a part of my gift at, at this point, I feel like mm. part of my gift is videography, even though I've pretty recently started that. Yeah. Like... I just love it, man. Mm-hmm. I actually genuinely love it. Like mm-hmm. I, I wake up and I want to edit. I go to mm. sleep and I'm like, I should go to sleep. It's 2 a.m. But I just want to edit. Mm-hmm. Like it's mm-hmm. just, it's like, it's, it's become this passion for me that like, I lo- I think, yeah, I just extreme. I enjoy it. Yeah. Um, but if I'm really honest, like that's just a way to feed this. Mm-hmm. This is the passion. This is the passion. Connecting this, and yeah, like, learning. Yeah. The connecting with the people, like, if I, if I didn't do this, I never would have met you, bro. And we never would have had this conversation. Yeah. And like, to That's me, true. that is so valuable. Yeah. Cause now like even moving forward in life, like I'm excited to see the things that you're doing and especially Thank seeing you, your character. Thank like you. I know I have such deep confidence that you're going to do something. Thank you, man. Like, and then how valuable is that, that I get to like, you know, like help support you in any way that I can in that. Yeah. And like. I just love witnessing greatness, man, mm-hmm. and people willing to to chase greatness and mm-hmm. and like what other mode of anything would I have to do that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, other than this, like yeah. if I never did this, like I said, we wouldn't be here right now. Yeah. And I'm getting so much out of this more than just content. Yeah. You know what I'm no, saying? No, totally. I yeah. want man, I do also want to say that like I think that I'm excited for where this goes for you yeah because again it's it's the the way that you've complimented me like what i want to offer you back is the the fact that it has been so easy to be comfortable talking to you wow thanks man i feel like you've you create a very safe um like non-judgmental environment and it makes it easy for for people to be vulnerable right i think that when people and it's like it's like you you said it, it's just so serendipitous that with somebody like Wayne too. Mm-hmm. Wayne is such a man. Like I love Wayne so much. Yeah, fuck yeah. For him to just hit you up, right? Mm-hmm. And love what you're doing, 
and then you reciprocate with yo let's hang like let's let's kick it let's hang out right and then for it to turn into to something like this i think that generosity that kindness and that want to just like be kind to each other right and get to know each other that yeah. genuine curiosity and to learn about people's experiences because again it's like yeah through other people's experiences you you have a little bit more perspective right you're still gonna have to go through those experiences <laughs> <laughs> exactly but, but it's it's so nice to hear and i think that likewise with when your that clip blew up with you and wayne talking about like your relationship with your parents and how like you're working to communicate with them or what are the things that held you back from being able to do those things yeah. when people hear it it just breeds this like safe um environment mm -hmm. to say oh shit there's other people that are experiencing yeah. the same thing that i'm experiencing and that's so powerful mm -hmm. because now you're giving them the freedom or you're, you're giving them the permission yeah to go do what they need to do mm -hmm. right and even then with like what i would like to do with like my social media platform right now because i'm in heavy like just trying to rebuild yeah and trying to figure out how i want to market myself main thing that I want to do is is preserve Cantonese as a language. Mm, I love that. That as a that to me, I don't know why, but I just love it so much. Yeah. And I can I've connected to it so much that I hope that I can do that for other people as well. So what what's interesting is that like and I'll get actually let me ask your opinion. How do you feel about like some of the the Asian content that has been coming out hmm. in terms of like film and television. Huh. It's hard to say. I, I'm going to say, I'm going to be honest. I haven't consumed a whole lot of it. Mm. Um, there's, there's certain ones that really stand out to me that were extremely powerful, Yeah. but I don't know if they really centered around Asian-ness so much as much mm -hmm. as it was just human stories. Mm. Like for example, I really loved beef. Mm -hmm. Like I really loved that series. Mm -hmm. Um, I made a video about it, and that's, like, currently going crazy right yeah, now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and then I really loved Everything Everywhere All at Once. Yeah. Which is incredible. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, what's what's your opinion on that? Like, I feel like I feel like we're getting too many of the same stories. Mm. Beef was very different. Yeah. And that's why I think it's, it's done and doing well. Right. Everything Everywhere All at Once was a similar story about generational trauma but told from a very unique perspective right and ultimately it was just like this story of you know this daughter who travels the multiverse in order to find a mother that understands her mm. that was what was so unique about it, and that was what's so touching about it right right beyond the generational trauma thing mm -hmm. i think that and this is where like content for me in terms of like Asian content, I think, I think we've seen enough of that. Yeah. Not to say that it's not important, right? I don't think that it's, it's necessarily like it's, um, it's not a story that we need to continue to tell. Yeah. But again, it's like, it's the same story that we've been telling for however many years. Right. But that's not all we are. Mm -hmm. That's not all our experiences. Yes. Are, right. Because, like, in particular with, like, the education thing and, like, whatever. I didn't have that. Yeah. So, it's, like, a lot of times, like, I don't relate to these stories, mm -hmm. <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. You know? 
I was very lucky that my upbringing was very different yeah. in that sense. I was allowed to just go pursue whatever it is I wanted to pursue. Right. Because my parents were very cool with me doing what I wanted to do as long as I wasn't getting in trouble. I love that. Right. Um, and then I think another thing that I would love to see is, like, I talked to so Yin um, about this as well. And, like, we both think that what would be great is hearing a bit more about the immigrant story and then mm-hmm. and them coming over and like seeing that like doing more period shows where yeah we get to see what that was like right um my parents met at a like like nightclub lounge thing because my mom was a singer yeah like she was a lounge singer she was flown from hong kong to like i, I don't remember where it was they probably like right right outside of toronto or whatever mm-hmm. but that's how they met and that's a whole life that I don't know about. Yeah, totally. <laughs> like, that's an experience that I'm never going to know about. Right. Until we start asking those questions and we start putting that out there. And then it's like, mm-hmm. then you kind of get an understanding of like your parents used to be like this. Yes. They were young ones too. They were figuring it out. They were doing, they were going through their own process and mm-hmm. their journey and their trauma. And that's why you got what you got. I love that so fucking much, bro. Right. I think that's a story that needs to be told. Yeah. And it's and you're one hundred percent right that it's missing. Yeah. From the current stuff that we're seeing, because yeah, it's like because these films are made by second generation mm-hmm. or like whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like the the children of immigrants rather than the immigrants themselves. Yeah. So I think that would be such a powerful story to tell. Mm-hmm. Like. Yeah, because that's. It it allows us to have empathy for our parents yeah. and and put ourselves in their shoes. Yeah. And also, I even think about how powerful would it be to, like, play a role where you have to completely engulf yourself and empathize mm-hmm. with that generation. Yeah. Like how, like, how healing would that be? Yeah, 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 you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. That's awesome. So that's where, like, I feel like, obviously, there, there's so many things that go into, you know, something like film and television and what our limitations are just because of what networks are willing to approve. Yeah. Right. But in that same vein of things, like with, you know, indie filmmakers and what we're able to kind of accomplish on our own now, be as content creators online and and whatever, I feel like you want to bridge that gap. That's the way to bridge that gap. Yeah. Right. And it's, again, it's, do we want to be the ones to break that cycle or do we want to contribute to it? Yeah. Right. Man, I love that. Because like, I was—I I love that you brought that up because I was—I wanted to ask you, like, what kind of stories you want to tell through your art. Mm-hmm. But, like, I guess what, what attracted you to acting in the first place? Nothing in particular, honestly. Like, I think I've... I, so I started Wushu because mm-hmm. of Jet Li. Awesome. And, you know, growing up watching Jet Li, Jackie, Donnie, Bruce, like, Wu Jing is another... Um, that solidified me in martial arts and like this right. is what I want to do like I want yeah. to do that thing I like look super fucking cool doing that <laughs> yeah. um, and then acting it actually just got to a point um, cause, so I never went back to university mm-hmm. right so I never went um, mostly because I didn't know where I what I wanted to do what I wanted to study where I wanted to go with that and I'm very lucky I guess in that sense that I knew that about myself Yeah. so I didn't waste waste time not that it's wasted time you right. have an experience either way um, but again it's like there's just nothing I was interested in and I didn't do it so that I had a lot of time 
into just doing other jobs and mm-hmm. I was personal training for a bit and then getting it just and then I could solely focus on training and getting better at wushu which was honestly a great decision because yeah. it brought me to a place um, it brought me to the highest level of what wushu was right. competing for team Canada and seeing other teams that's awesome right and I got to a point where I was like I'm kind of done competing yeah but I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm going, like, should I just keep teaching? Yeah. Because at the time, I was just working whatever full-time job. And then I could um, teach Wushu with my Sifu. And it was okay because he was also, like, paying me at the time, too. So yeah. then, you know, like, and my Sifu and Simo, like, had so much love for me. They tried to really t- kind of take care of me. Yeah. And they were actually also very supportive of me pursuing acting. Yeah. Because they understood, like... And this is where I admire and respect them because they also made a choice to immigrate here mm-hmm. and to start school. Yeah. And the things that they had to go through in order to make that come to fruition, I think that's why they were okay with like sending me off and being like, yeah, go do your thing. Mm-hmm. Because they knew that I had to go follow that dream because they had a dream. Yeah. Right. So I admire and respect them like so much for that. So acting came about because I was just lost and I was just like, I don't know what to do I don't yeah. know where I'm gonna go next and I think I started having a little bit of curiosity into it I tried vlogging at one point in Calgary and it just wasn't good <laughs> just didn't like like I, I was just like who the fuck is gonna look like I'm no one like why would anybody want to listen yeah. to me and like whatever right mm-hmm. I didn't have an angle right so um but eventually it was like, okay, well, what could I do that allows me to continue to perform potentially with martial arts as well? Mm-hmm. Because I think what I realized, my cousin was the one that actually told me or said to me, so when you're thinking about your career, don't think about what you like to do, but think about what you're good at. Right. Because if you're good at it, typically you, you like it. Yeah, of course. <laughs> you like to be good at things. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and I was, okay, well, I'm good at performing never tried acting before mm. but I enjoy performing and doing wushu you're used to performing live in front of people all the time right. too so I already had that experience I didn't I wasn't scared yeah to, to put myself in that position um and I moved to Vancouver went to Vancouver film school um that's where my journey started and honestly like the more that I learned about it the more I continue to learn about it it's just so much fun mm-hmm. I love <laughs> it's that it's just so much fun and I honestly I think a lot of it is just really really wanting to see myself on screen like Jet Li did and like yeah. like I, or like I saw Jet Li Jackie and you know inspiring hopefully and influencing people to um, live their lives to the fullest extent that they could yeah you know That's... and having that yeah just potentially having that influence on on people but a lot of it is just like now with acting i just i just love it it's taught me a lot about myself Mm -hmm. yeah i love that man that's so awesome like so how did you get your foothold into the hits because like it seems like such a hard industry to like navigate or even get your foot into but like you've worked with some pretty cool projects and pretty cool people like how did you even get there stroke of luck I don't know man I think maybe right place right time yeah. I, I'm, I also say that I, I'm very lucky with the people that I've met and everybody has been so kind and so welcoming mm-hmm. and they've introduced me to people and 
I would like to think that, or they've put me in things and I'd like to think that I put out good work. So then because I put out good work, people want to right. explore something else with me. And I'm like, oh, great, that's awesome. Right. And a lot of it, but a lot of it I would say is, is because of the people that are around me Yeah. and the people that I've been introduced to and just their generosity, mm-hmm. like, like Ken and Megan as well. They are right. just so generous, um, with their time and, and, also helping me with like stunt training and right. stuff like that and always doing projects together um and then um do you know osric osric chow no so osric is um a um actor filmmaker director um cool he wears many hats he's he's done a lot of things right. he also used to do wushu him and his brother okay nice and um we are all now in film together which is amazing but osric has had a very very um, successful uh, career thus far and right. he's continuing to grow as a filmmaker and do a bunch of things he is somebody that is so about the community and yeah. so about like offering his knowledge anytime I actually have a question he will like he has blurbs like yeah. long ass paragraphs and things to that. say um, he's so kind uh, and generous with what he has learned that I think again it's like I can't pinpoint anything in particular aside from the people Mm -hmm. i've just been in the right place at the right time and they've been very helpful and they've been very just kind to me yeah and that's also what makes me want to like reciprocate that back you know and just make sure that i'm the best version of myself to offer them you know help in whatever capacity shape or form Mm -hmm. right and um yeah like even with stunts it's, it's it's the people man yeah but like how did you even meet them was it from your wushu background that you met them or i like- mean I, so it all i mean it all started with i mean so i think ken and i followed each other on instagram okay um because i saw some of the stuff that him and some of those the stunt guys were doing out in mm-hmm. vancouver and i was like yo this is crazy and then like that's kind of how we started connecting and yeah. then we eventually met in person um and he he was a i think one of the big deciding factors in me landing on that first uh, stunt job in like avatar yeah and um him and megan anyways and then also alan tang from toronto as well because he was what the other wushu consultant and he knew the coordinator mm. so i think that had a big effect as well right and um but yeah just a lot of being in the right place right time and then meeting them at like stunt training gyms and stuff like yeah. that and trying to build and cultivate a relationship um and yeah just offering offering what i had to offer them yeah as well right and just knowing that like this is what i have to offer like you can take it or leave it <laughs> you know like i hope i hope you take it like yeah. maybe i can like for me it was just teaching people wushu yeah and it was me being able to offer that to people um, like I'm not precious with that knowledge and information yeah. in the sense that I hold it to myself right no because it's like if you like it if you want to learn it I'm just going to teach it to you I, I, don't, care. I don't really care mm-hmm. right The this is the, my mentality on like a lot of things is that there's no I, I lose nothing by offering information to you yeah and, and experience to you right I think from a competitive athlete standpoint as well I lose, I still lose nothing because I can give it to you, but what you decide to do with that is on you. Mm -hmm. 
whether or not you decide to put in the work to actually work on those things and get better, improve, and actually like be better than me, that's on you. Right. Right. I know how much, how like how hard I'm gonna work. Mm-hmm. I know what I what effort I'm gonna put in, mm-hmm. and I just live with that. Yeah. Right. But it's like if we can share and build a relationship because we have this mutual thing that we're both interested in. Mm-hmm. Why not? 100%. You know, you seem cool. I seem like I, you know, yeah, I yeah, like to yeah, yeah. open up and just make friends and it is what it is so mm-hmm. yeah man it's it's hard like it's so hard to say like how i, I don't know man it just like i just <laughs> yeah. met people and people started introducing me to people and i'm very thankful i'm very grateful yeah that that happened well like very even lucky <laughs> yeah but also when i when i hear that it really began with a simple like act of kindness and showing genuine love and appreciation for yeah. somebody else's work yeah like just being like to be like, hey, what you're doing is awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like just being kind, bro. Like is is like it put goes, you in that position to win, bro. It goes such a long way. Yeah, <laughs> it goes such a long yeah. way. And I love like that that perspective, man. Of like just an abundance mindset where like somebody else having something doesn't take away from what you have. Absolutely. So you can share that. Like the best metaphor I can think of is like. If you have a candle and you use that candle to light another candle, mm-hmm. the candle that you lit that candle with doesn't get any smaller. Yeah. There's just more light now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's so, amazing. Yeah. I love it, man. I love it. Mm-hmm. But like other, other than the immigrant story, is there any other stories that you're, that you're wanting to tell? Cause actually like I've, I've been able to tune into a couple of your shorts. I love them. I love that you mix Thank martial you. arts into them. Yeah. Cause I'm a huge martial arts fan <laughs> myself. So I love that it's weaved in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But is there, is there any other stories that you, that you're like really wanting to tell? I think things that I want, I want to, I want to tell all, all stem from just your relationships with people. Mm. Because at the root of it, like I go back often to certain movies that like even Jet Li did because of my emotional connection to it not because of like yes because of the action but mm-hmm. because of how it, because of how it made me feel right the same way with how like the yeetman series for donnie has taken off and like the i don't know if like if you watched all of them or not that second one bro where he was like fighting the the boxer yep. the white guy yeah the amount of pride that i felt when he like whooped his ass <laughs> when he finally won bro I cried fuck yeah cause it's like and it's and it's you know when you're connected to the culture and you see your people fight against adversity and to overcome that and like you know be the winners that I think that's huge Mm -hmm. right and I think with what I would want to do with the things that I create is just offer people a safety zone to start listening to their own feelings Mm. and start looking at their own relationships and asking them themselves those questions of like, am I doing that? Am I like that? Right. In my everyday life, am I going through that same thing? Mm -hmm. Or do I know people going through that same thing? Or when it happens, Oh shit, this is what's happening. And just to be able to comfortably address it. I think that that's the one thing that I really want to do with film and, and, you know, maybe series is to just offer people like us, like, it's the word that I want to use. 
kind of like a sanctuary to be able to ex- explore their own feelings. Yeah. To be able to recognize it and be like, and have a conversation with themselves. Mm-hmm. I think that's the one thing. I love that, man. I think that's what all great art does. And it should. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully. I mean, a long, there's, a, there's a long road ahead to being able to, being able to get there because I think with my writing too, it's, it's just having it reflect that. It's, writing is hard, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, it's so hard. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it is really fun too. Mm-hmm. It is really fun too. And I think that even with, like I'm, I'm writing a short film right now um, that talks about what I was kind of going through with my breakup. I love that. Um, or leading up to it and how I got to that decision. Mm-hmm. And I had a friend um, talk to me about it and say that I think there's a risk or a potential of you looking like the bad guy in this, in all right. of this. And I'm like, I think that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Because that's just the truth of it. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't, because I'm not planning to sell it or anything like that the main thing that I want to do is just to tell an honest story and like for the people that are going through it, both on the partner side and the side that who, where they are me for them to recognize that that's happening yeah, for themselves or if they've been through that and to just be able to talk to themselves and just have that dialogue early. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Cause we don't know. I don't know who it's going to affect. I don't know who's going to get triggered by it, whatever. I'm not doing it to trigger anyone. I'm just telling a story. And if you get triggered by it, maybe there's something to address there. Exactly. You know? Exactly, man. Yeah. At the end of the day, we're all a villain in someone's story if you're being true to yourself. Yeah. yeah. But man, like, fuck. I appreciate you, man. This has been an incredible conversation. Likewise, bro. I Likewise. typically, I typically like to end off uh, all my podcasts the same way. Because like I said, I... I I do this for a past version of myself. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you have anything that like maybe you could share with the audience or somebody who might really relate to your story or maybe even mm-hmm. just a past version of yourself, mm-hmm. do you have anything that you would want to share with them or any advice or anything like that? I think, oh, there's so much. <laughs> <laughs> we, we covered a lot of it, I think, in our yeah, talk. We but did. I think if, if um, one thing I would say is just to listen to yourself. There is you, whether or not it becomes a wrong choice, I don't think it's ever going to be a wrong choice because it's going to be right for you. Yeah. You just have to listen to what you're feeling and be honest with yourself. Full transparency. Because if you can't be full trans- fully transparent with yourself, you're going to have a very, very difficult time building relationships with anyone else mm-hmm. yeah bro thank you so much thank man. you man i'm so stoked we got to <laughs> meet bro i took so much from this conversation and i just appreciate Likewise. you so much man Likewise. i can't wait to to see what you get up to next man thank you and honestly like same way i can't wait to see this podcast grow man do yeah. great things appreciate do it brother. all right peace, peace. <laughs>